welcome everybody to our January 31st telephonic ACB Board of Directors meeting. All of you out there on ACB Media 6, we're glad to have you aboard. Uh, we're uh, kind of keeping my goal out there that we've got three hours scheduled for this meeting from 8, uh, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm, I'm hoping maybe we'll, we may not even require all three of those hours, but we'll see how it progresses. So <laughs> welcome, everybody. We'll go ahead and uh, get started, if that's okay with everybody. So uh, I will uh, call the meeting to order, and I will next turn it over to Denise Colley, ACB Secretary, for roll call and introduction of staff and guests. Thank you, Dan. Dan Spoon? Here. Deb Cook-Lewis? Here. Ray Campbell? Here. I'm here. David Trott? Here. Kim Charlson? Here. Chris Bell? No, Chris. Jeff Bishop? Here. Donna Brown? Here. Gabriel Lopez Capati? Here. Terry Pacheco? Here. Doug Powell? He's going to be He's absent. Skiing. He's at yeah, Ski he's for Light, yes, in Colorado, yeah. Uh -huh. Rachel Schroeder? Here. Kenneth Simeon? Here. Connie Sims? Here. Jeff Tom? Here. BOP Rep Penny Reader? Here. So the only um, member we didn't hear from was Chris, okay? Uh, staff? Chris is here. Bridges? Oh, Whoop, Chris is there here. comes okay. Chris. Yes. There's Chris, okay. Thank you. He may have Bridges? to hit the got it button, but he'll be right in, yeah. Uh, here, good evening. <laughs> uh, Nancy Marks-Becker? Here. Clark Rackfall? Here. Uh, Swatha Nandakumar? Can I, uh, can I assist with this, Denise? You sure can. All right. So uh, next would be Kelly Gask. Here. Okay. Jolyn Bailey-Page. Here. Bill Reeder. Here. Rick Morant. Here. And Tabitha Kenlon. Here. Oh, Tabitha's with us. Good. And Cindy Hollis. And Cindy Hollis. And Cindy, and Cindy Hollis. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right, no problem. <laughs> All right. And do we have and any guests? Oh, I'm sorry. Chris Bell just joined. Sorry, I was Got late. Got you, Chris. Thank you. Uh, any other, uh, any, uh, any guests? I think so. Okay. Right. Then, Mr. Chair, that completes the call of the roll. Thank you so much, Madam Secretary. So number three on the agenda is review and approval of the agenda. So we'll kind of start from the stop, start from the top. Yes. Uh, one is uh, roll, um, <clears throat> call to order, Dan Spoon, president. Two is uh, roll call and introduction of guests, Denise Colley, secretary. Three is review and approval of the agenda, Dan Spoon. Four is review and approval of our meeting <laughs> minutes for the December 5th and December 12th 
2023 budget meeting. Uh, five is our mission moment. Excited about this. Uh, ACB uh, wants to congratulate Nancy Marks Becker and our ACB accounting team for all of their hard work helping us apply and receive our PPP and ERS loans here over the last three years. So we'll talk a little more about that. Uh, six is our consent agenda. A on the consent agenda is the Braille Form Editor's Report in a nutshell from Sharon Lovering. B is our advocacy update report from Clark Rockfall and Swathananda Kumar. C is our resource development report from Bill Reeder and JoLynn Bailey Page. D is our membership services report from Cindy Hollis. And E is our communications report from Kelly Gass. Seven on the agenda is us going ahead and officially ratifying the email vote uh, that we took related to uh, increasing the budget to cover our uh, ACB Accessible Currency Rally on March 10th as part of the DC Leadership Conference. And that'll be Denise Colley, Secretary, and if I need to chime in there, Dan Spoon as President. Uh, eight is the President's Report. We've got five items underneath here, and I'm going to ask to add a sixth. So A is uh, wanted to talk to everybody a little bit about the NIH RADx program and the outreach to ACB to help them develop a communications plan as they release their new accessibility uh, for the uh, uh, COVID accessible home testing kits. B is a thank you from our ACB auction committee for the wonderful participation by our ACB board of directors in the uh, ACB Media Holiday Auction uh, that, ra that grossed uh, a little over $40,000 when all was said and done, which is pretty amazing. Uh, C is uh, an update from Deb and I just on how the uh, kind of um, reformed ACB leadership list is working uh, with the new moderation uh, and monitoring guidelines as well as the new list of participants. D uh, wanted to, uh, again, remind everybody that our next ACB Board of Directors meeting will be at the DC Leadership Conference on March 9th. It'll be a hybrid meeting with both people participating in person and uh, virtually. And then E, uh, Janet wanted, Janet and I spoke, the um, fall board meeting will be in Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> And the scheduled dates are September 29th and 30th. That is the time that the hotel has available. So uh, just wanted to make sure everybody gets that on their calendar. And then F, uh, I want to add an item where I'd like to get an update on our ACB policy retention program uh, from Connie Sims, uh, uh, Kim Charlson, and David Trott. Uh, that have been working on kind of reclaiming all our policies and getting them in a place uh, ultimately where everybody uh, can, can view them and understand them. Then we'll go on to nine, which is our staff reports from Eric Bridges, our executive director, 
Nancy Marksbecker, our Chief Financial Officer, and other staff members as requested. 10 is an opportunity for us all to get an update on the upcoming DC Leadership Conference. Uh, we'll hear from uh, Eric, Clark, Kelly, myself, entire board, I think, uh, hopefully we'll chime in on this a little bit. Uh, it's exciting as it's all kind of coming together. 11 is committee reports uh, from our officer liaisons and other board members assigned uh, as committee uh, liaisons. 12, we'll uh, say good night to everybody on ACB Media 6 and move into executive session to discuss some legal matters. And then 13 is adjourned. So do I have a motion to approve I move the, the acceptance of the agenda? Thank is you, Chris. Donna seconds it. So Chris moves, Donna seconds. Is any discussion? Hearing Dan, none. I have one yes. very. Dan, yes, go ahead, Terry, please. I have yes. one very, very minor correction in it. Okay. And that's in number seven, I believe it is, on the uh, mail, the mail vote. The, the email, email vote. vote yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. There's the, the word accepted in there. It should be accepted. It changes the meaning of the of the sentence. Ah, oh, okay. Okay. I told you it was minor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Got it. Okay. Thank you. All right. Any other discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right, now we'll move on to item four, which is review and approval of the meeting minutes from the December 5th and December 12th, 2023 budget meetings. So go ahead. It's one meeting that we kind of recessed and then, it and recessed then moved. It came back together. <laughs> came back together. So, all right. Thank you, Denise. So, so are there any corrections or additions to those minutes? I would move we accept them. Second. This Second. is Connie. Uh, okay, uh, David, yeah, David moved and, and, Kenneth. and Kenneth, yeah, Kenneth, Kenneth yeah. second uh, to approve the uh, meeting minutes from December 5th and 12th. Any discussion? Hearing none, all in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Thank you, Denise. Thank you so much. It's kind of good to get back in rhythm here on the minutes. This is awesome. Good job. Well done. Um, then uh, number five on our agenda is a chance to celebrate our mission moment with Eric Bridges and Dan Spoon. I'm just going to read the title. ACB congratulates Nancy Becker and our ACB accounting team for all of their hard work. And I'm going to turn it over to Eric to, to kind <laughs> of to, to raise the applause here on such a great effort from our accounting team. So, Eric. Sure. Thank you. Well, this this is um, something that that the obviously members of this board have been aware of for really it's going on three years now that this work has been going on since really I would say the the April May time frame of 2020 during the beginning of the pandemic and when uh, some of the first uh, big uh, congressional legislation began to roll regarding COVID relief uh, and funding uh, for for you know 
uh, payroll and <clears throat> and other programs um, around the country for for small business as well as for nonprofits. And uh, th this this has gone on in 2020, 2021, 2022, and it is uh, you know with a lot of effort, but also much success. Uh, I think we're batting a thousand in our applications with the federal government to receive funding through two different programs. Um, you know, ultimately, when all is said and done, it's going to be north of nine hundred thousand dollars. And this this work was done, and what was led, large large amounts of it were done by Nancy Becker. Uh, you know, it is really uh, a huge help organizationally to to our bottom line, obviously, to have this amount of money coming through the door uh, over over these years, when at times the economy has been very uh, hit or miss. And, you know, we, we have had some some challenges uh, in various sectors of the economy that, that ACB has relied upon to, to receive sponsorship dollars and other funding from corporate partners. And so, you know, this, this funding has really helped the organization not just remain afloat, but allowed us to continue to, um, at times, strategically invest in, in our own uh, infrastructure, as well as uh, human resources and, and being able to to go and bring on individuals to fill roles that that uh, this board and and the leadership of this organization have deemed necessary. And so, Nancy has done a wonderful job uh, making all this happen, uh, working very well with Bergen KDB, um, the the you know folks that we rely on annually for our audit to make sure that everything is done in a, in a, in a proper and uh, uh, right manner. There have been years and there is, <laughs> is one right now where we are informed that we're gonna be receiving money seemingly almost every year at the end of the year. And we don't receive it till the next year, but we have to recognize the money in the previous fiscal year, which is gonna happen again, which we've communicated that with you all through an email uh, over the holidays. but. This stuff, uh, this stuff is critical to the to the uh, you know the forward movement, the continued forward movement of our of our organization uh, as we're uh, you know uh, developing a, a a development department, a resource development department with people in it, and building a strategy, having this money there to assist us. And being able to to go and and hire folks, um, and and frankly, uh, these are still some pretty un, uncertain times as it pertains to being a nonprofit with uh, the economy. And so, and, and Nancy will talk a little bit about that later in her report. Things you know have gotten a little better than than they were at the end of the year last year. But Nancy, thank you, uh, and you know, thank you to. Uh, to Lane Waters and, and Nancy Christine, uh, none of this stuff happens with just one person. But literally, Nancy's the leader of this, and she's the one, <clears throat> pardon me, that, that has had the 
uh, the, the foresight and the good judgment to to go and do this really critical work for us. So thank you. And Eric, I just we definitely want to throw it over to Nancy, but I want to thank our, our you, our, our our executive director, our leader of the staff, along with the staff, and Nancy. You know, when the pandemic hit in 2020, this board and staff stood up and said, we were not going to, you know, to shut down because of the pandemic. We were going to move forward. You know, we all kind of came together and locked arms and held a virtual, uh, you know, convention uh, when we had to pull out of Schaumburg. We're finally going to get to go back this summer, which is exciting. But we all came together and we kept our people employed. We kept our we kept our thrift stores going. So this money is in recognition of our organization through the payroll protect protection program and the employee retention credit program that we kept our people working. We kept them productive, even when financial times were hard. And this is the federal government recognizing our organization for really doing the right thing. And Nancy truly was our leader in this. So Nancy, you got to say a few words. We really appreciate your efforts. You know how long-winded I am, you guys. Yeah. Um, I would just like to say that, you know, when the pandemic hat hit, you know, everybody was, I don't want to say ordered, but we were all supposed to stay home. And it was very uncertain as to what was going to happen. And I am just glad that we had these opportunities with the federal government and that we were accepted and our loans were forgiven. I think that ACB um, flourished, I would say, during the pandemic. And I think we are continuing to grow because of what we started in 2020 and 21. So I am very thankful that we were able to get this money to help us move forward and grow. Thank you so much. Any other comments from the board? I'd like to say that we are all very thankful to Nancy as well and to the entire accounting team. I think I speak for a good number of us, if not all of us on this board. Thank, Thank you, you, Nancy. Absolutely. You're welcome. Um, I'd just like to make one comment. Um, he's no longer on our staff, but I think special mention also needs to go to Tony Stevens, who really helped us figure out that we could actually take advantage of these programs, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so I wanted to make sure that he was mentioned. Very good. Good. I thank you, Ray. Very good. Yeah. He kind of, he said, why not? Why not us? Why not payroll protection? But we, we should qualify, <laughs> you know, and we did. Yeah. Great. <clears throat> All right. Well, Nancy and our ACB accounting team, thank you so much. And everybody, are we ready? Let's give Nancy and the team a big hip, 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 hooray. Hooray. Hip, hip, hooray. Hip, hip, hooray. (laughs) That is so much better in person. It is so much better. It's weird over there. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much, Nancy. We really, really appreciate all your efforts. Uh, That was fun. All right. Number seven on our number six on our agenda is our uh, consent agenda. So we had uh, five reports submitted from our different departments and staff. 
So again, A was um, the Braille form editor's report in a nutshell from Sharon Lovering. Uh, B was our advocacy update report from Clark uh, Rockfull and Swathananda Kumar. C was our resource development report from Bill Reeder and JoLynn Bailey Page. D membership services report from Cindy Hollis. And E was our communications report from Kelly Gass. So I'd like to have a motion to approve the consent agenda for the reports that were submitted. So moved, Ray. So Ray moved and Rachel seconded. It's the Illinois contingent. Springfield delegation here. All right. Any discussion? Yes. Yes. Go ahead, David. Uh, On two reports, actually. Okay. Uh, First, the, the report regarding the grants. Uh, when we talked about grants going from the, uh, well, we did it in 2021 for the 2022 budget. Uh, you know, Tony, Tony gave us a, a glowing picture of, of shooting for $750,000 in grants. And I don't think we got that much applied for. And as I look at this year, I see a more realistic picture, but it, but it seems like it's low. Not what we're getting, but what we're applying for. Uh, are we still looking to go for more? Is this just what we're looking at from today, or is this what we're looking at from all year? And after y'all, somebody answers that question, I have another one on something else. Okay, well, uh, Bill and JoLynn, I don't know which one of you all wants to take that one. Uh, uh, it, it's JoLynn, do you want to? Bill, if you'd like to start out, I can I can certainly fill in the details. This is kind of a two pronged answer, probably. So, yes, please what, go ahead. Uh, what what we showed in the report is what we believe is is already available to us. So, uh, David, no, that's not a projection for for additional grants writing, and uh, we have five areas where we believe we are poised to do significant grant work, but we didn't want to put it in the budget until we had really developed a more solid uh, set of relationships with the potential funding community. But I, uh, I do agree with Tony's assessment that the grant area is an area for growth for us. And the number that's there is simply what we believe is already in sight and should be very reliable. And David, um, I'd like to chime in too. We we did kind of step back the latter part of the summer and look at where we had been and what we wanted, what what appeared to be fruitful ground going forward. And one of the seminal grants we did receive last year was from the Reader's Digest Foundation in support of a community program, um, which Cindy Hollis is heading up, and that is to develop training modules for Zoom facilitators and uh, leaders. And we believe that that grant can serve as a prototype for other funding going forward. Um, so that we're actually developing true training modules, which we will test on selected organizations. Uh, Cindy's in the process right now of identifying the the test groups, our first group of the cohort, which will form. 
And if you look at the amount of that grant, that was for $50,000. And Bill and I both feel that is at the low end of what we can start to be um, garnering as the program is expanded. So what we're trying to do going forward with that and in uh, one or two of the other areas, Bill had identified five, is to select areas in which we are ready, which we are poised to receive funding um, and which can serve as baseline proposals, which can be expanded. So I think what we're aiming for is very targeted, careful planning that'll form a solid foundation uh, for going into the future as, as we're identifying the areas of growth in ACB. Um, Bill, did you want to add to that? Uh, only one other piece, which was um, when Tony left, you know, uh, I saw some of the projections, but we really weren't organized to, to do the work at that level. Uh, and as you all know, and we'll talk about a little bit later, uh, bringing Joel in full time into development gives us a much, much more realistic uh, capacity to do the kind of grants writing work that a significant expansion will really require. And big grants, 50,000 and above, always are a team effort. They involve a lot yeah. of time from Nancy and her team, uh, Eric, uh, depending on the specific area, uh, Willen mentioned Cindy, a lot of time from them as well. So we had to make sure we had all the organizational forces lined up to do this consistently and and I quite strongly believe we do. So hopefully as the year progresses, um, we'll have plenty to plenty to showcase as we move forward. Well, I, I thank you for that. Uh, my question, you know, my question was to get information, definitely not to criticize. I, oh, no. I see us more on a true budget level than what I considered with the $750,000 figure we were given in 2021 is kind of a pie in the sky. Mm -hmm. uh, I compliment you guys on the data collection that you're doing uh, and, and becoming more uh, prepared to move, you know, into larger grants. David. So I, I think the work is, that is really going forward is, is good. Yeah, David, I realized I didn't answer sort of bottom line um, that the, the numbers we gave included in this grant report don't indicate the entire year. This is this is what we are currently applying for in the first quarter and, and a little bit beyond what we expect to come in for this this early part of the year. But um, we will certainly be building out um, a much more robust um, grant pipeline, so to speak, for the remainder of the yeah. year. Yeah, that's why I asked the question because I yeah. saw it for timeline in there or one thing, you know, and, and I wasn't sure if this was where you felt comfortable at or, mm -hmm. if you, feel, you know, I, I don't like people getting comfortable. And, uh, no, for example, know, I no, I, I, yeah, I understand. I didn't answer your question. For example, we, we are applying, you know, I, I said to be determined on the amount for, for another grant coming up. And again, we expect to use that as a model for, for other grants throughout the year. So, um, well, that's great. very good. And, and David, Thank you had you. a second, you had a second question. Yeah, my, my second question is more of a concern than a question. 
Okay. But I need to bring it up. Uh, I looked at the uh, report, basically, that was on communities. And frankly, our membership is stagnant. I mean, you know, you, you can give us whatever you want to give us. The budget don't lie. <laughs> you know, it's, it's basically stagnant. We have got to get to work on membership. Community is great. It's, it's, you know, because of community, I feel like our auctions have grown. So I don't want to say that it's still only a small part of our membership, but it actually is when you look at it, uh, because you get a lot of duplication of numbers. So we, we have really got to, if we're not going to, if we're going to grow as an organization, we've got to grow our membership. And I'm just not, maybe it's just something that's missing in the reports. I'm not seeing anything there. You know, and I know our our state affiliates, a lot of them are suffering right now. And, you know, we need to be working in that area, folks. So, President, uh, could I respond uh, to that or do you know? Well, I, I, what, hold one second. I think sure. Jeff may have a, a comment uh, as well, and then we'll give you an opportunity okay. to respond. Sure. Okay. And then Chris. Bell did have his hand up, and I'm not sure if that was on purpose or not. Okay, well, we'll hear from if it's on the same subject, Jeff. Did, did you wish yeah, to? Okay, okay, very good. I, okay, I guess David must have read my mind because I was going to make the same comment. I, I don't think I think it's important that we got all the information that was in the report, but I, I do think we need to hear about other things just as much. That's all, and maybe they'll be in the next report. I don't know, but but I, I had the same comment. Okay. As did I, Dan. And yeah. Connie, go ahead. Uh, yeah. yeah, I did too. I um, Cindy and I did have. A, I will. I will be honest. I had a long talk with Cindy today. Um, that was one of my concerns. So, um, and, and I think it is a huge concern for all of us. And I think that Cindy um, will have some good answers, or not good answers, but some answers for us. But um, you know, and. and that is one thing that we really do have to focus on, and especially being membership time right now. Um, and one thing I asked her, and maybe this is something that we can do in the future, um, and she said we couldn't figure out, but, you know, we focus on community, but is there a way that we can track how um, we can get members or how many members are we gaining? Are we gaining members from community and how? our affiliates reaching out to Cindy on membership and, you know, if they are, how is she helping them? So that was my concern, but thank you, Dan. Sure, Connie. And I'll, well, now uh, I'll turn it did, over to Cindy. Yeah. Did ahead, Chris Cindy. have something? Oh yeah. I didn't. I, Chris I, Bell, I, were you? I, you know what? I did, but I'm, I'm going to pass. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Very good. All right. Go ahead, Cindy. So, uh, Certainly, the this did not this report did not reflect membership specific information because we are at in January uh, membership for 2023 is people are just starting to use AMMS and uh, you know we don't have any solid numbers to really report on at this time. And so, so I will say that probably in uh, March 15th is the deadline to get all of those, you know, numbers in. And we would be able to really give a clear picture on like the, 
the rise, the fall in what, you know, what affiliates are, which affiliates are doing well, which are struggling uh, in kind of more of a picture. As far as what is being done, uh, you know, we do a hump day happy hour every Wednesday. I believe there's some really good communication that has been going on with our affiliate presidents. The uh, Borough College Leadership uh, Institute is providing monthly training, which it is encouraged for leaders to take part in. The uh, One of our presidents is sending out each week uh, suggested, possible suggested uh, events that might be a benefit to their leadership teams uh, in, you know, of community events. We have absolutely, today I spent some time with one of our state affiliates, membership committee chair, who, by the way, is someone that came to the organization uh, about two and a half years ago uh, through community and has been a DKM first timer and is now serving on the board and uh, chairing their membership committee for a state affiliate. So we know it's happening. How to actually track some of that is a bit challenging because we don't get that kind of information from Zoom. We can get some numbers. We definitely have some clear ideas of what kind of numbers we have and where I can report solid numbers. I, I did around community. We've also helped with a survey of an affiliate. Um, when I get any leads on an affiliate, uh, as I did for another state affiliate who had requested some help with uh, uh, support from Bill, and there was mention about membership dropping, I instantly reached out and offered my services and assistance. Uh, they declined at this time, but it sounds like they probably will reach out later. So I feel like, uh, you know, I try to respond at, to the needs of people as they reach out to me and um, that, you know, I can't really force uh, myself on affiliates and, uh, but darn, I am so willing to help anybody. Um, and then I also have had, uh, and am in, in communication with someone who is interested in starting a new state affiliate. So, uh, just at the beginning stages of that, but it looks pretty promising. So, you know, there, there is work being done. Uh, do I believe that there are challenges that we've had and, and there are more ahead of us. Absolutely. I think that tides, times have changed what membership in organizations looks like. And it may be something that at some level, at some time, we have to really start looking at and seeing what is it that we need to do differently. Um, but uh, that's that's where I'll stop, Mr. President. Uh, yeah, uh, go ahead, Ray, and then I wanted to add something. Thank you, Cindy, for your comments. Yeah. Go ahead, Ray. Yes. Well, I just I think too um, that um, I, I I hope people are not saying that we 
have to have it make a choice between community or membership or working on membership, because I certainly don't believe that's the case. As Cindy has so well stated, um, she's available and the membership engagement team is available to help anybody that would like uh, some help. And, you know, frankly, um, I'm I'm guessing I don't have numbers to back it up, but I'm guessing that there are state affiliates. I know special interest affiliates have gotten a lot of members from community, but I'm guessing there are state affiliates, too, that have. I know we've picked up uh, at least three or four people uh, thanks to community. Um, so I do think that I think that we, um, you know, we it, it's a funny thing, um, you know, you know, like like Cindy just said, membership is is changing. It's it's changing with the way organizations. You know, we don't meet in person much. Some groups don't meet in person anymore, hardly. And um, you know, while some of us have been around a while, probably think that's pretty sad. Um, it is kind of the reality that that we live with. And um, I would also say that um, I think that. Um, I think one of the things that um, can help is that when you are participating on community and you, you know, identify, find out that there's, you know, somebody from your state that is um, on community that you uh, would, uh, you know, reach out and say, Hey, I want to get in touch with that person. And, and, uh, and, uh, you know, see if they're interested in joining our state affiliate and, that's one way to help uh, recruit membership. So, so I think um, I think that we I think we need to be careful because I think people are participating in community for different reasons. But I do think that uh, obviously the more folks that we can get to become members of not just ACB at large, but our special interest in state affiliates, that uh, would be good. But again, we can't force that, and people have to come to that decision and. Um, and it's up to those of us as state affiliate affiliates too. When we're contacted about somebody, is to make that contact and make that outreach as well. Thank you, Ray. And I just want to say, um, you know, from the ACB leadership team, this is an ongoing IDS uh, identify, discuss, and solve issue that is that is is in our weekly L10 meetings. It's it's both short-term and long-term. We we continue to have discussions about this. You know, we, we can all kind of identify what the problem is. The question is, where, what is the solution? What does the world look like? You know, the, the model that sustained us for the first 60 years is that the model that can sustain us for the next 60 years? I don't know what the answer is, but I know that I, I see it in, our, in, in my own personal state affiliate and chapter that for many of us at the state affiliate level, with, with the pandemic, with the world of the generation, uh, the millennials and the generation Zers, the world is changing of how much people actually join and pay dues to service organizations. The, the world is changing and we're, we're going to start, we've, we've had this conversation a lot informally, 
We're going to start with the fireside chat during our DC leadership conference to really try to bring some thought leaders together to talk about what the future could be for ACB and our membership. We're going to follow that up with some focus group discussions at the in-person DC leadership conference on Saturday and Sunday, the 11th and 12th of March. We've talked about perhaps putting a focused retreat together where we could really take a day or two and go into this subject. But this is not an easy problem to solve. It was a problem we were already experiencing before the pandemic. And I believe the pandemic really exacerbated it. And I personally believe that it's the community that's given us some lifeblood to really help bring new people in at a time when it's been very, very hard in the virtual environment uh, without that kind of platform to find new members and new, uh, and new colleagues within the blind and low vision community. So don't have the answers, but we hear you loud and clear that we I, I know- I got one more comment. David. We have, okay loud and clear that we know we've got a challenge ahead of us at this point in time. Yeah, Dan, go ahead, David. Dan Kenneth would like to speak after. Okay, uh, go ahead, and David, and, and then Kenneth, and then well. Terry. Okay, and, and we'll talk a little bit longer, but I don't want this to derail, the, the, our consent agenda derailed the whole meeting, but go ahead, David, well, Kenneth, and then Terry. So go ahead, David. Yeah. You know, uh, I brought this up, and mm -hmm. I brought it up for a reason that I hoped we would get a concern on membership. Mm -hmm. What I'm hearing really bothers me. I don't want anybody in their mind to think that I think membership would be put against community. Community is valuable, mm -hmm. but our membership is valuable as well. And we need to help current on membership, what's going on with it, and that kind of thing. But no, they're not in competition. As I spoke earlier, completely agree. They, 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 they complement each other and should. Sure yes. They yes. And you're going to pick up members through community. Most certainly. So, you know, what we need to focus on, the, one of the things we need to focus on is affiliate membership. That's mm -hmm. where we're weak. That's where it drops. If you listen at convention, you'll know that's where we dropped. And, that, yeah. you know, I'm not going to prolong it because I could go on about it for an hour. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying I don't want uh, what I heard scared me. I don't think we want to pit <laughs> membership against community. That's not the goal. Right. And I know you all have experienced it in Alabama, David. I, you know, yes, and you're, you're not alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, go ahead. Uh, it was Kenneth and then Terry. Go ahead, Kenneth. Okay. Hey, I, I wanted to say a few, a few things. The first thing I continue to think about is that if something is being shared through the president's list and it's only going to the president, we have some presidents who have taken that position only because no one else will take it. And I would also I would wonder whether if the news is getting down to other officers that may be able to act as well. So I'm hoping that Cindy or whoever is sending something out could help by trying to find out maybe the membership chair or somebody else other than just the president. I've witnessed it happening where it's not going anywhere uh, when something has gone to a president. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping that that a next step will be taken uh, to include somebody else. In Kenneth, are, can I just clarify, are you talking about the email that goes out with the events that are um, that are chosen of it, possible interest for their leadership? 
Uh, any any message that goes out to the presidents in regard to membership, whether it comes directly from you or anyone in, in ACB that's trying to help in the area of membership, I'm just hoping that more than one person would be considered uh, within a, the affiliate to get the information to make sure somebody is, especially resources that may be helpful. Uh, that's my first point. Okay. Gotcha. But it is, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, the next thing I'm hoping that us as directors, as ten of us, uh, we're working with affiliates directly. I I've kind of have come to know some things uh, within the seven affiliates I'm working with, and I've I have a document I'm willing to share with um, other uh, directors. I hope at one time I know we have enough call, uh, we have so many calls going on, but I wish we could have a call at from time to time just to talk about uh, some things that we can benefit from what one another are doing to work with the affiliates and it could be helping in those areas of membership when we hear something specific that we can even pass that on to Cindy or whoever else needs to know. But uh, I located a document that I shared with my affiliates uh, the, in November to think about membership in the new year, 50 ways to increase your membership. And I'm willing to share that with anybody. Uh, and I thought it was some neat uh, ideas. And some, some people may say, oh, we've tried everything. I don't think none of us have tried everything. And I think from this document, even if some of those things are in place in your affiliate, uh, it could open the door for you to think uh, outside the box and uh, look at some of those examples like I have done and really see some other things within those statements that we haven't tried. So uh, I just hope we can get together and talk about some of these things as we move forward. Thank you, Kenneth. And then Terry. Hi. Um, a couple of things. I think that I, I as well, am not trying to pit affiliates against community. I think they both have their place. Um, I don't envy Cindy her job because it's because it's to cover both, and that's a, and that's a tough job. I think uh, Kenneth makes a good point about when something goes out that it doesn't necessarily get disseminated. That's something that should be, I believe, and used to be, for instance, with the leadership list. That should be in the um, guidelines for that, that, that the purpose of this list is to get this information disseminated via the however many we have now from each affiliate. Is it three, I think? Um, Three, three in addition to, you know, others that are there as committee chairs and board, right. but three so, additional besides. That, right. Mm -hmm. Right. So the point is that the point is that these people need to know that their responsive one of their responsibilities on being on leadership is to disseminate the information that they're getting. And that's uh, something that we haven't looked at. Another thing that we have not looked at as well. I mean, there's a number of different issues, but. As far as our committees are concerned, including with the exception of uh, the ones of the ones that do calls on on the community uh, on the ACB Zoom community, with the exception of those, our other committee meetings are not. People don't know about them. We are not being transparent enough in that area. Um, I think that there's and there's a lot of information that should just go back and forth between the affiliate services office and the and the various affiliates. So that reaching out to the affiliates as opposed to always waiting for the or often waiting for them to reach us is uh, to reach Cindy in in this particular case 
or to reach a board member, whatever it is. Um, we need to we we need to make let people feel more a part of what they can do, and um, and and in the same light, we are then using their expertise and experience for to benefit the organization, and that's something that we're falling way back on these days. And I think we just we do need to look at. Our, our membership has more experience than a lot of the people that we're looking to for assistance. And we need to, um, and I think that would greatly help our affiliates as well. Our special interest affiliates right now, I wouldn't want to guess how many um, have, have reached out to me on just their feeling that they're being, that they're, um, basically being dissed and that's we don't want that to happen but we we've and we've had that discussion on the special interest affiliate circle calls and that but there's an awful lot of um of just we're 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 not as important anymore to this organization as we used to be and we've got to fix that problem Madam, uh, Mr. Thank President. Dan, Dan, we have four other hands up or three other hands up. Okay. This is, we're going to have a, this is, we're, this is obviously an important topic to the board. Uh, so Jeff, go ahead. And then Nancy, if you can let me know who the next uh, hands are after Jeff. Go ahead, I'm Jeff. not sure the order, but it's Kenneth Simeon and then Chris Bell also. You can lower my hand, please. I'm sorry. I spoke already. Okay. okay. So Jeff and then Chris. So go ahead, Jeff. Okay. Um, I am just uh, wanting to mention something here. Um, I'm not going to profess to have the answers tonight either, um, but I think it's something that we as an organization and as a board should think about. And I don't have, again, all the answers about how this would actually go about happening. But I, I, I think, you know, when I look at ACB, what is it? it and and what, what is its value as, as an organization? Its value is its people. It's not it's people paying dues. That's not what the value is. It's Great. value is it's people. Mm -hmm. And and we know as as an organization that dues does not cover, I would say not even a tenth or you know, a very, very, very low percentage of the cost of the running of this organization, right? That's a that's a pretty much a given thing that that's known by this board. Yeah. Two two percent. Two percent, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so one of the things that I'm just wondering about is, is it worth? Is it worth? And 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 again, I don't have the answers tonight about how we get money funded into the chapters and affiliates and all of that, right? But is it worth all the administrative and begging? Because I kind of see it that way for for two percent, and I don't know that it is. One of the one of the things that I think would be really interesting is, you know, we have the Friends of ACB program, and I think we should really take a long look at that and say, if you would like to be a member of ACB, sign up here. No cost. Now you have a situation where you have a way of reaching out to people and being able to have a much stronger, you know, advocating voice uh, across the country. You can automatically plug them into affiliates and get them connected. 
Um, I, I just think it's a direction that we ought to really seriously consider. And I know there are things here that we need to figure out and what that would mean and what, what does that mean as far as the organization and what does it mean constitutionally and what does it mean for voting and all kinds of things. But we really need to be putting, and I'm not saying we haven't, that's not what I'm suggesting here, but we really ought to be you know, putting people first as opposed to dues first. Because sometimes I feel like that feels like that is what our target is. And I don't, I don't know that that's necessarily the right thing here. So I just wanted to throw that out here. And I think, it, you know, when we start meeting and having these discussions, I'd like to see that added to the board as being something we talk about um, and, and figure out, you know, is the 2% worthy of spending 60 to 70% of time devoting ad administrative and professional as well as volunteer hours for um, to get that 2%. I don't know. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Jeff. Very, very insightful thoughts. Uh, Chris. Yeah, thanks, uh, Dan. Um, so I, I want to throw out a heretical idea, which is um, the times I've been with ACB, I keep getting the sense that the affiliates are suffering and I don't think our future is with affiliates. I think our future is direct marketing to blind people throughout the country, wherever they live. Um, and I like Jeff's idea of, of not charging. I mean, I think if we can get people who have any interest in ACB to uh, give us their, even just give us their email address, um, then we can follow up. You know, I, I had a very unpleasant experience uh, many years ago. I was a stockbroker. And uh, <clears throat> at the time, uh, we were expected to call 100 people a day cold, people that had no connection with the brokerage firm, didn't know anybody. And, you know, there's nothing worse than getting a phone slammed down your 98 out of 100 times. But the point was that statistically, um, the more people that you talk to, the more times, the more sales you made. And I suspect that's still true. Um, not that we're trying to sell people investments, but it does have to do, I think, with contacts and then repeated contacts. And I think we have to think about how we could do that and what segments of our community uh, we could get the, the most bang out of. And one of them, it seems to me, is uh, seniors, people that are in the process of losing their vision. Because we know from studies that that number of people that are losing their sight is going to supposedly double by 2050. And I think those are folks that aren't getting a lot of service from, from anybody. Um, and I think that's a uh, I don't want to call it a market, but I think that's a group of people that we should give serious consideration of how we can reach out and how we can help them uh, get some skills and whatnot that they're not getting from the state um, and and some technology uh, learning that, you know, I think we could get a lot of members if we had a way of doing that. But I don't think affiliates are going to be our solution. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Chris. All right. Very excellent discussion. I, and I go ahead, Nancy. Yes. I have Gabriel Lopez Gafati's hand up. I'm not sure if okay. he still wants to speak or not. Okay. Sure. Uh, thanks, Nancy. Thanks, Dan. Really quickly. Um, uh, 
I mean, like like Jeff uh, said earlier, uh, no one's going to profess to have the answers. But I think uh, from listening to everyone, I think that uh, first thing we're doing probably that we need to adjust is we're putting the onus on the members. And the onus has to be on the organization. What is the value proposition? What are we offering our members uh, to attract them? And I know membership dues are not the goal. Uh, however, we have uh, constitutional and uh, other uh, considerations that uh, actually do require us to have a, a, a roster of members that are paying members. Um, you know, we have our life members who pay, um, you know, $1,000, so that I, I guess wouldn't be fair uh, to assume, but that's that's not the point. The point is, again, the value proposition. I know we know we're not covering much from membership dues, but still, you know, people want to know why should I join? Why should I be a member? And and that's where I would um, differ with Chris, um, because I think affiliates are the answer because you're either attracted because of geography or because you have a common interest. So that's where the affiliates play the role in attracting and 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 amplifying that value proposition. It's something that attracts our members or new members, actually. Thanks. Thank, thank you, Gabriel. And again, this is a lot a very good, insightful conversation. I really appreciate the board's uh, thoughtful responses. And I really do believe this, this is, you know, our major um, issue that we really need to think about collectively as an organization. And as Bill, Reader reminds me almost every time I have a conversation with him, the true gold in the American Council of Blind are our members and friends and the passion that they bring to this organization. There's many non-for-profits out there in the world, and many of them are trying to find what ACB already has, which is amazing, passionate members. And the the dichotomy here is that even though our paid uh, membership enrollment has decreased in the last several years, our passion and interest and enthusiasm has exploded. I mean, we keep adding more committees because more people want to be involved at a higher level. We add the number of people on our committees uh, we've had the best participation we've ever had at our conventions and DC leadership conferences. We have an amazing amount of engagement, more than we've ever had at the same time where our actual paid enrollment has declined. So that's, that's part of what we, we, we continue to have to have these great ideas to try and solve. So thank you all so much. Can I go ahead and call for a vote to approve the consent agenda? So moved. This is Kim. And moved. Do I have a second? Donna. Donna Brown is seconded. Yeah. All those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Dan? All right. Yes, go ahead. We had already had a motion. 
just oh, hasn't been voted on. Oh, we already had a motion. I'm sorry. We <laughs> had <a> long <laughs> throw ours out the window. Then, right? That was okay, a long well, thank time you. ago. Thank you, Madam <laughs> Secretary. Was a long time ago. <laughs> but the vote's still good. Okay, thank the you. The vote's still good, yes. Thank you, Denise. Okay. <laughs> All right. Next, we'll move to item seven on the agenda, which is ratifying the email vote uh, that this board took and uh, voted unanimously to approve an expansion in our budget to $15,000 to support our uh, accessible currency rally on uh, March 10th as part of the DC Leadership Conference. So um, can I uh, maybe this have- David, I'll move it, we ratify. Okay, and thank Jeff you. Seconds. And Jeff seconds, okay. Any Any discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Thank you all so much. And we are excited to move forward with. Uh, uh, Mr. President. Yes, go ahead. I Ray. just wanted to say, I'm now that we've taken this vote, I'm, I'm really pleased that we're doing this. Yes, it's going to cost us some money. But I think in the past, one of the things that ACB has done uh, is well, we'll figure out how to do it and we'll do it and we'll do the best we can with it. And that served us well. I mean, not the, in, 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 in lot, but at least for this and such an important issue as accessible currency, at least this board, I'm just glad to see that this board said, let's put this in the hands of somebody that knows what they're doing, knows the hoops we got to jump through and all of that. Let somebody, let, let's just pay somebody who knows what they're, what they're doing to get this right for ACB and for the blind of this nation. Thank you, Ray. Appreciate it. Dan. Right. Oh, go ahead. Yes. I just. Is that um, Terry? Yeah, go ahead, yeah, Terry. Yeah, okay. Terry. I talk, so Terry has to now. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Terry. We're a, a ping pong. So. <laughs> um, what I, th going back actually to our last discussion, this touches on with this is, what I think is was why I very reluctantly agreed to uh, make this a unanimous vote is because once again we have members, several members of this organization who have run rallies and demonstrations that were far more successful than the than I'm afraid the likelihood of this one is apt to be. Example would be the Wamada demonstrations. Uh, that took place over and other demonstrations that took place about tactile warning signs, strips on, on what we did in San Francisco. We in what we did in San Francisco. And those were done by our and those were put together by our members who have that expertise. And that's what I think is a shame is, again, we are not tapping into our own membership. All right. Thank you for those comments, Terry. All right. We'll now move on to item uh, eight on the agenda, which is the president's report. Uh, so might ask uh, Clark and Kelly to speak a little bit to item A, uh, but Kim Noble, uh, not Kim Noble, 
is it Kim Noble? Yes. Yeah. It, yes, it is Kim Noble. Okay. I was getting, <laughs> yes. I was like, oh, God. yes, no, 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 I, I knew it wasn't you, but I was like, oh, God. Okay. Yes, it was Kim Noble. I, I thought that's who it was, but I, I had pause there. Apologize. Kim Noble from the uh, NIH and the RADx team, she's their communications uh, director, uh, reached out to ACB and made contact with myself. And then I brought in Clark and Kelly. Uh, really, uh, really finding that ACB in the blind and low vision community, she believes has the right uh, communications network in place. She's really impressed with uh, our communications approach, how we handle social media, uh, how we, you know, uh, communicate not only through our uh, magazine, our Braille Forum and eForum, but through dots and dashes, our community event calls, just all the different ways that we get the word out, our ability to hold very uh, professional press releases. And she really wanted to reach out to ACB to collaborate on helping get the communications plan and the word out as the Radex team uh, continues down the path of making more uh, accessible COVID test kits available in phase one, and then announcing the Radex 3 program, which will lead to another $350 million in investment in both intermediate and long range uh, accessible test kits, not just for COVID, but for all kinds of different uh, diseases, diagnosis, monitoring that uh, in, uh, the RADx team and NIH uh, have, um, you know, kind of jurisdiction over. So um, anyway, so I thought that was kind of exciting. So Kim and I mean, uh, Clark and uh, Kelly, I know we had a, a conversation with Kim and she is going to be working with us over the next few months. So I'll turn it over to Kelly may, maybe as our communications uh, manager to uh provide her thoughts. Um, so we've been, um, you know, meeting with them pretty regularly and um, we are going to um, continue meeting with them uh, regularly to um, distribute um, a number of different announcements um, about, you know, all the, all the different items that they're working on. I'm trying to remember, I think it was back in December, um, they have um release their initial uh best practices document um that they put together um it, it's sort of like a an initial document um but there's going to be a more final document um coming in the next couple months um so we are you know just continuing our communications with them to uh get the most up-to-date information and make sure um, that we are, you know, uh, really, you know, working hand in hand with them to distribute their information. Um, Clark, do you want to talk a little bit more about uh, the initiative? Absolutely. Thanks, Kelly. And that the interim document that Kelly was referencing, those best practices, those are for uh, manufacturers. So um, that's why ECB didn't make a, uh, we shared it. Um, but we didn't make a bigger deal of that at the time because that is geared towards industry. That's geared towards the test developers um, to make products accessible for people off. who are I blind. To, I need to plug in in here for a minute. Your thing. Jeff, I can hear you. Oh, sorry. 
No worries. Thank you. Uh, but I'd just like to, to back up a little bit. It was a little over a year ago when ACB initially reached out to the Department of Health and Human Services and NIH uh, with, with some friendly letters to understand what exactly they were doing to make at-home testing, this federal COVID-19 testing program accessible for people who are blind and low vision. And from that time, it's developed into an ongoing relationship with monthly calls and checkpoints and new developments along the way. This is what led to Dr. Jill Heemskirt participating in the annual conference and convention and the delivery of the more accessible Illum COVID-19 test to Omaha for distribution to everyone in attendance. And we're excited that Dr. Jill will be joining us again as part of the leadership conference to share items like Dan just raised here, but also their, their ongoing work to not only make COVID tests more accessible, um, but the work they're doing to make all at home and diagnostic tests more accessible. So we're excited that this is a component of that ongoing relationship, and we look forward to further collaboration in the future, Dan. Thank you, Clark. And Kelly, we know Juniper is, is hopefully resting and you're trying to keep your nice, soft, quiet voice. So we appreciate that here on the board. So thank you. <laughs> hopefully you guys can hear me okay. So sorry. <laughs> we, we, we hear you fine. You're coming in clear. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Very good. Um, Mr. President, before you go on. Yes, Jeff, please. I, and Jeff mm -hmm. has been very uh, integral as part of the, uh, the monthly uh, session. So go ahead, Jeff. Yes. Yes. Mindful of affiliates, we would hope that AAVO would be included in this agenda, in this initiative. Be, I, I don't uh, know what, I don't know exactly. I mean, as far what. as communication, sure. Yeah. We, we can make sure it, it's kind of uh, helping coordinate the communication. So be happy to, uh, to, to rope you in, uh, Jeff. Thank you. Yeah, and and I think SASE should be a part of this too because they're making sure we communicate to that community as well, effectively. Very good. Thank you, Ray. Yeah, good. Mr. President. Yes, Jeff. Um, will we hear from Kelly later again or no? Oh yeah, most certainly. Yes. So this was just part of the president's report. She'll be a part of the staff reports. Yes. Okay. Okay. Great. Because I have a topic that I wanted to bring up in reference to our social media um, strategy. Okay. Thank you, Jeff. Great. Thank you. All right, so we'll move on uh, with the president's uh, president's report to item B, and that is a, just a thank you from the uh, ACB auction committee. Uh, wanted to just really give their gratitude to all of the uh, donation and participation for our uh, ACB board of directors uh, to support our ACB media holiday auction. And at the end of the day, Nancy, what it grossed over forty thousand dollars. So it's been absolutely amazing. I know Carla and Brenda Dillon uh, and others must out up. Brenda <laughs> must up and have must have just a huge smile on her face. That you know, when when this program started, uh, you know, ten years ago or so in 2012, I think it was. I don't know that we 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 thought along the lines of uh, an auction that could bring in forty thousand dollars, but. It's been just an amazing testament, testimonial to our members, their involvement, and the fine work of ACB Media that everybody wishes to support. So just wanted to re relay that message from the auction committee. So thanks to everybody. All right. Oh, 
and, and I'm sure there'll be another ask coming for the summer auction. They don't end, folks, around here. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. And item C, um, Deb, I just wanted to take a few min minutes to kind of talk about the ACB leadership list. We've got, uh, we've heard from our affiliates. We've got all the um, members, uh, thanks to Nancy, Christine, Fila. Uh, we've got them all in and put in and engaged and uh, have noticed that the monitoring guidelines have gone in place. So um, Deb just wanted to get your thoughts on um, how you believe the list has been performing here over the last uh, few months. Well, I was um, really glad to hear that there is a concern that there needs to be more information available to people other than just presidents. And guess what? We have the leadership list where you can send all of that information and you will reach a small herd of people from every affiliate and committee in the organization. So um, I just, you know, I think my it's it's going much better. We have uh, less traffic, which was um, really requested. We have less sort of event announcements. Um, people are doing a really good job of, of announcing their event once and not maybe as many times, with a few exceptions, but we're working on it. Um, when I have talked to somebody about posts that may not meet the guidelines, people have been really receptive and gracious about that. And so I know it's about learning new habits and they're like, oh, ooh, yeah. You know, so, so I really appreciate that. But what we are lacking is what we actually um, need, which is more information uh, for leaders. And so, you know, we have such a broad breadth of people. Um, I, I really appreciated um, uh, the post that we had the other day from, from Zelda, you know, that was kind of a stop and think thing that might relate to to our membership and other kinds of things but if you all are circulating kenneth if you are circulating documents to people that would help them with growing their membership those need to be circulated to this leadership list please because um here is a place where you can reach all of the letter the leaders whether they choose to forward the information on down to other members you know we hope that as responsible leaders that that they do that when it's appropriate. But, um, you know, much of that information also is, is great to put on conversation where any member can join. So, um, you know, so we do see a fair amount of traffic over there of, of pretty good quality material too. So I think in general, um, our lists are performing better, but the big ask that I would have is that we actually, uh, if we spot something that would help our leaders and our members that we share it there. And that if there is a discussion topic that would help our leaders and our members, um, we're super welcome to have it. Um, and so I think we've, I think we've made progress, but I think we still have a ways to go and that, that doesn't surprise me, but um, I'm, I am pleased with uh, sort of the movement forward we have had, and we just now need to work on the content because it's not just enough to to clean up sort of the traffic. We also need now to generate the content that is the intent of the list. And 
uh, Clark and Swath and I uh, with uh, Brooke and uh, Peter and the employment committee had a really mm -hmm. good conversation uh, last Sunday about, you know, uh, all the kind of employment opportunities that mm -hmm. kind of come up and, and in the new world, how quickly you have to reply to those. And mm -hmm. the employment committee would like to meet with uh, the, the BOP here. I, I've been asked to bring it up uh, at next uh, Tuesday's meeting, but the, the idea that not, not like every post goes out as an email, but how can we create a digest that would go out once or twice a week that could really share those mm -hmm. employment opportunities. So I think there's mm -hmm. that kind of a, right. a, yeah. a focus out there that, that, you know, thinking a little bit differently, yeah. uh, I think we can provide a lot of information without kind of, you know, just yeah, without forwarding the leadership every, list. without yeah, forwarding yeah. them with every job opportunity that comes by, whether it's relevant. If somebody wants to yeah. call through those and yeah. and make a digest and send it out, um, yeah. I think you know it. We'd be receptive of that and defensive of that happening, and um, and that would be valuable to send there. It'd be valuable to send a conversation, frankly, because yeah. you know there are definitely people looking for jobs over there. And, yep. um, you know, we talk tech and we talk everything over there. And so it's absolutely, we, I know we have uh, places we can put these. And if somebody just kind of calls through them and gets them organized and maybe reduces it to the, the bare minimum information you need to have to, to be able to get more information if it's relevant to you, um, yep. you know, uh, that that's um, I think that's a good feature. So I know we'd be receptive to that or any other kind of activity that that people want to kind of uh, pull together in in that way it would be great. All right, very good. Well, thank you, Deb. Any questions for Deb before we move forward? All right. Well, hearing none. Uh, D on the president's report uh, was just a. a Gentle reminder, I'm sure we've all got it on our calendars, but the DC Leadership Conference board meeting will be March 9th uh, from nine to five. Uh, it will be uh, live at our uh, ho uh, conference hotel, as well as uh, streamed on ACB Media 6 and some board members, I'm sure, will be participating virtually. So just want to make sure everybody's got that on their calendars. Uh, did somebody have something to say? Okay. All right. Thank you. Uh, so just a reminder there, uh, item E is, again, I've uh, been working with Janet. Uh, I can tell you as somebody that lives here in Florida, it gets really difficult when you get into October uh, to get hotel rooms in Jacksonville because it's the middle of football season and the Florida Georgia game and all that good stuff. So Janet has secured um, uh, tentative reservations working with the hotel in Jacksonville for September 29th and 30th. So just wanted to make everybody aware of that for the fall board meeting and to see if there were any objections to, to that weekend. All right, hearing none, so I'll get back with Janet and tell her to go ahead and make reservations for for those, uh, you know, for that weekend. And we'll, of course, as we get closer, uh, provide all the hotel information and all that uh, once Janet gets the, uh, the, the dates confirmed by the hotel. 
Uh, F, which I added to the agenda that was not published, but we talked about it when we reviewed the agenda. I wanted to take just a moment to recognize uh, Connie Sims, Kim Charlson, and David Trott, who have all been working to pull together our ACB policies. You know, our board over the past 60 something years has created many policies. And at this point in time, I would challenge any of you as board members to find and staff where we have all the all those policies. And so uh, we formed a, a team working with the history and archives committee. And the first uh, kind of push at this is where uh, Connie has been working to go from 20, well, actually the first board meeting here in, in January, if we approve anything, but from, from now back to 2010 and uh, call through all of those meeting minutes and identify every policy that the board approved, at least for these past 13 years as a starting point. Uh, we're identifying all those, the, the year that it was created, the, the meeting it was created at, the title of the policy, whether we believe we have a copy of the policy, and if so, where we can find it, where, where does it reside. Uh, so for some of those listening out on ACB Media, we may be reaching out to you. Um, you know, it's amazing how our staff and our board turns over throughout the years and several of these policies get lost along the way. Uh, and I think as a very conscientious board, one thing we really need to do is understand the policies that we voted on and do they still make sense here in 2023. So Connie, uh, Kim and, and David, uh, maybe David, since you're the chair of the the committee, I'll have you speak first and then and then uh, Kim and then Connie who will can tell us kind of what she's been working on. So David. Yeah, um, we we recognize the need for this early on. Actually, uh, we recognize the need for it back in the uh, old Borough College History Committee days. And we didn't get very far th at that point. Uh, then uh, Nancy was gracious enough to send out multiple years of minutes that were needed to be called through. I got sidetracked, and fortunately, uh, my colleague Connie took over. Connie has done the lion's share of this work, her and Sharon Lovering, uh, mostly Connie in the, in the recent years, and she's done a great job with it. And uh, we just we just know that there's a need, you know, We've always got somebody at, at the board meeting saying, we did this back and, you know, we can't find it. So we just take people at their word. And policies are very important because they're specific. And uh, so we realized the need for it and started moving forward. Uh, I think I want Connie to be the last one to speak because she's probably got more to say than, than me and Kim. But Kim, I'll turn it over to you and then Connie. Well, thank you, David. I'm I'm really not going to say too much because I think the focus tonight needs to be on the work that Connie's been doing. So I'm going to hand it right over to her and let her fill us in. Thanks, David and Kim and Dan. I um I have enjoyed doing this, and I have, and it's been interesting. So 
the first batch that I did was 2015 to 2019, and then David's from 10 to 15, 14. So the policies have, sometimes you'll see them in the minutes, sometimes, so it, it's been interesting how some of the old times they were attached to the minutes, sometimes they'll say, um, they'll send them separately. Sometimes they talk about the policies and the policy has never been attached or never in with anything. Um, so now I started, um, Dan asked if we could do a spreadsheet and I have started a spreadsheet and I sent him a draft of it today that I have started just to see if he liked it. Um, and it does look, I think, pretty easy to follow. It starts with the date, um, the year date, the title of it. Um, is the policy available, yes or no? And then where is it shared at? And so an example, there was one that um, talks about reasonable accommodations. It was, yes, it, we have it. Um, and what was available was a draft, you know? And then I skipped down just for my example, I did a few, and that was back in 22. I skipped down to 2015 and there was one that says, no, we do not have it. And I actually went and I looked on the internet. I looked a few spots before I filled out and said no. So I kind of did a little research, see if I could find it. I couldn't find it without anyone. I mentioned this to Dan and he said, oh, I think we probably have that one. Maybe Leslie and I have it someplace. Um, so I know another one we came across, Nancy has it. No one really knew much about it. Nancy found it a couple of years ago. So, and the policies have changed. So I, I've seen them from earlier to the later that just a few changes might be made, but it's really been good. And I think it's really been beneficial um, to read all of it and follow and see where we can find it or if we have it. So if you know anyone has policies, um, on their hard drives. I know some people have said, oh, I have this on my hard drive or this is where we found it. Send them to me and then we can get them to where they need to be. But any and, questions? And the goal here is uh, I, I, I really hope before, the, uh, before we get to the convention that we have our current ACB policies on our acb.org website where all our members can see them, the board can see them, staff can see them. Uh, just like we have our constitution and bylaws and our resolutions. I really think these are governing documents of our organization and we really need uh, to have them visible to our membership. And I do believe having them visible to our membership will hold us accountable yes. to kind of keep them updated as, as life changes. You know, you know, uh, Ray, Ray, you had a comment, and then Connie. I think I was going to say. Uh, uh, I was going to say. I think um, you know. Uh, again, it goes back to something we've talked a lot about, and that's transparency. And um, you know, you know, why shouldn't our members be able to see these policies that the board has created? They're public documents. Once we approve them, and mm -hmm. um, there's no reason that we shouldn't be able to. Uh, do that. And I want to say is, I just want to make very clear as secretary, I attached any policies the board talked about to all my minutes. So 
<laughs> Just getting that on the record. <laughs> and, and, Ray, and Ray, none of them were marked classified, right? That's your story and you're sticking to it. <laughs> That's my, they weren't in my garage either. Be, be, be careful when you say that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Connie, go ahead. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's just said, anyway. so it's interesting to see how each secretary did it. Some secretaries, you know, follow each other's and, and there's no right or wrong way. It was just, it's interesting to see it. But what I've done and what it's going to make it easier to do now is um, for all the years I've gone through, I've made separate documents. So like one documents for all policies and that document will say, um, you know, October, like 30. 30th and 31st of 2015, just off the top of my head, 2015. And that was our fall board meeting. So that, and that was like policies. And then there's another one I make for motions. And there's another one I make for, um, and the motions are not like the basic emotions that we just like approve something. It's motions that we are going to do something. Something's been done. Um, and I, you know, one thing, that we've talked about um, when we did our agenda today, you know, the explanation of the ratified vote. Some of the old, really old one, don't have a lot of the, yeah, we came and we, we ratified the email vote. Well, there's no discussion information about what that motion was. So then you sit back and you look at, you know, what was that really motion was? You know, we kind of have an idea, but there was no, reasoning why we really did it so you know going forward you know that's something that we just need to work on and, and it's gotten better over the years but it's you know there's just things but so i have a document on resolutions i have so each year has a, like a calendar so now i can just go to that document and say now i'm working on 21 and saying 22, and I can go all through my 22 policies. And now I got that done on my spreadsheet. Now I can go to 21, and that will, it won't take as long as long as I have my all my documents done. So, very and good. Gabe, thank, I see, thank you, I Connie. Oh, I have Gabe as his hand up. Oh, we have yeah. somebody with a hand. Up. Go ahead, Gabe. Yes. Thanks. Uh, oh, hold on. Okay, you can hear me, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, perfect. Okay. So, um. Awesome job, and and I commend the team for that. Uh, it's it's no easy task. Um, one suggestion, uh, Connie, when you identify uh, the the years that you're working on, I think it would it would um, be an interesting um, resource to reach out to whoever was the president of ACB at that point. You have already one on the on the team. Um, <laughs> But uh, but I think you know presidents uh, being having been a president of of an affiliate, I know that we we usually remember uh, things that were very salient, like resolutions and uh, and um, uh, policies or anything that was created under you know the presidency. Since we kind of yeah. coordinate and we participate in all the discussions, and we don't get to vote, so we we maintain a very good. Uh, catalog in our brains and i'm sure you know uh, paul edwards uh to give an example is an encyclopedia of information and last suggestion i i would not to put terry on the spot but i would imagine you are also collaborating with her or having her as a reference 
Yeah, you know, and that's yeah. that's just it. As I, you know, we Terry has her hand up too, but right now I'm just going through and getting, and those are good ex- good examples because then you know I can reach out to, you know, people in the past. Um, oh. Even in our meeting the other day, we had discussion, and I brought something up, and you know. Um, Kim knew right about it, you know, and yeah. and it's basically in about an award, and, and we call it the President's Award now. But back in 2013, it wasn't called the, the President's Award; it was called the Executive Director Award. So some of those changes, you know, just need to be updated. It's something that we still do, but the guidelines, things have been changed. So that's just kind of an example of things. So thank you. Awesome, thanks. You said Terry had her hand up. Go ahead, Terry. Yeah, I just wanted to ask Connie um, a quick question on this. Um, And that is, I know I sit on that archives committee as well. And I'm wondering um, when will at least we be able to access this, uh, these um, policies and resolutions? I've got several people that have asked me about a particular one. And I really need to research it. And I'm wondering if there's a way to do that at this point. And I want to thank I, you for all the work that you've done on this. And well, thank you. I, I think it's a great place, Gabriel. The committee is a great place. There's a lot of old timers, a couple of them even older than me on, on that. <laughs> <laughs> so I have I've shared my my documents. Um with like David and Nancy um, and, and Chris, who is the other chair, and then Sharon. But once I get the spreadsheet down, you know, it I can share it with the committee. It I just started it this week, um, so I haven't got very far. But if you know a specific one right now, Terry, you know, reach out to me or someone else has a other one. If I know, if I've seen it within the last few years, I will have I'll have an idea. All right, thanks. It's a topic. That's the thing. It's not a specific. It isn't like somebody said, do you remember what 8704 was? Yeah, um, you know, but a, yeah. It's a topic but type issue. If it's, a top, if it's a topic issue, I still might be able to, because I mean, there's been topics and, you know, discussions and stuff, and I might be able to remember. Okay, thanks so. very much. This Thank is you. Kim. Just to yeah. clarify, Terry, that this project does not include resolutions because resolutions are already... Oh processed and available on the website and you know chronologically they you know there you can you can search on our website for most of them that's the earliest early earliest ones but you should be able to find something if it's related to resolutions on the website we're handling policies and you know kind of sorting out policies from procedures but resolutions is is already Yes, I just I misspoke. I knew the resolutions were already done. I I should not have included them when I mentioned it. Thanks, Kim. Thank you all. All right, thank you. Uh, Do I have a motion to accept the president's report? So moved. David moved. Do I have a second? A second. Second. I didn't get. Was that? Was it Connie? That was Connie. Okay, thoughts. Okay. All right, David moved and Connie seconded. Any discussion? All in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right. 
thank you so much. Now we'll move on to item nine on the agenda, which is staff reports with Eric Bridges, our executive director, Nancy Marks-Becker, our CFO, and other staff members. So, Eric. Yes, thank you, Dan. Uh, good evening, everyone. Uh, been a extremely busy start to 2023. Um, we'll give you uh, just some highlights. So, uh, we this week will complete all of the performance evaluations for staff for 2022. So, there's some vacations included in the month of January for folks, well-deserved vacations, which is why it's extended to uh, this week. But again, using the EOS um, uh, performance evaluation tool, and uh, that's that's gone well. <clears throat> We have, uh, and this board has uh, generously approved uh, the hiring of some individuals, and uh, some of that is going to begin, uh, uh, recruitment is going to begin soon. In late December, uh, we said uh, goodbye and wish Julie Fisher well in her endeavors. And uh, so consequently, as our HR specialist, uh, Nancy is, uh, in the in the midst of recruiting for that position uh, and uh, has has been interviewing candidates so uh, but to go along with that after after that individual is hired there is the need to also hire a staff accountant uh, which just to remind everybody Lane Waters is uh, re retiring uh, from his contractor role and so that's the role that the board had approved to be uh, turned into a, a full-time uh, employee position. And then uh, there's also the development assistant uh, to work uh, with, with uh, Joel and Bailey Page and, and Bill Reeder. So uh, these are all things that are actively, uh, you know, in queue or, or going on right now. Um, in the next, I would say, week or so, we should be uh, able to sign. We're getting very close in our negotiations with uh, <clears throat> the uh, company that would become our new landlords um, to, to sign uh, the lease to move the office uh, to Old Town Alexandria and the King, the King Street uh, Metro stop. That will that move will likely take place in late april early may and so we're just uh continuing to work, do our own due diligence and working with uh, our law firm to negotiate uh, the best outcome again this would be an eight-year lease so we want to make sure that we get everything right uh with the contract before we sign because that's a it's a good amount of time other other than that, I don't really have anything else going on, Dan. I just kind of sit around all day. <laughs> um, no, uh, not at all. Um, a lot is going on with the, the leadership conference, which we will be uh, talking about here later. Um, and uh, a lot is, is going on with the staff and uh, collaborating with members on the, um, you know, the, the planning of the virtual affiliates, uh, uh, affiliate presidents meetings, as well as the legislative seminar, as well as the uh, 
currency rally and then also the in-person uh, conference activities that of which there will be you know in-person uh, presentations and demonstrations as well as many tours and time to network with one another so there's a this uh, this preparation is like uh, it's like a mini convention in in several respects and a lot of moving parts and a lot of work with uh, different groups of people but I think you know at this stage the pieces are coming together um, in a in a good way uh, registration open today just a quick plug uh, for the for the virtual as well as the in-person. So please uh, go click on the link in the email that you received from Kelly Gask and, and register. Are there any questions? Uh, Eric? Yes. This is Denise. Can we uh, meet Tabitha? Yeah, we're going to. Okay. <laughs> Would you? <laughs> I was going to wait till I was going to have Clark introduce her since she's working oh, with Clark, okay. but we can uh, we can do that right now if you want. Uh, she's Tabitha. Are you there? I am. All right. So this is Tabitha Kenwan. Indeed, you are. Uh, you're in the spotlight now. And uh, why don't you why don't you just uh, tell everybody just uh, a little bit about your your background and. Uh, what the first couple of weeks have been like. You haven't quit yet, so this is a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so hello, everyone, and um, thank you for inviting me to my very first um, board meeting. Very exciting. Um, uh, yeah, so I am Tabitha Kenlin, the brand new audio description project coordinator, and um, I have a checkered past. Um, I've worked for other nonprofits and um, and for profits, and I was a professor of English for a few years at a university in Dubai. And I had a oddly timed career change um, that coincided with the start of a pandemic. Uh, so it's taken me a couple of years to get things sorted out. Um, and my official entry into the ACB world came via community calls. So um, I, I uh, joined um, the community officially in October 2020. I started an 18th century reading group, which is still going strong. We meet every Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern and um, also have a disability studies reading group that meets the last Saturday of the month um, at 2 p.m. Eastern. And um, I've had a lot of fun with those. So when I saw this job advertised, I couldn't resist. And um, here I am. And the first few weeks have been a bit of a whirlwind, but it's also been really exciting. And everyone has been wonderfully warm and welcoming. And um, Hoping that I can uh, help move the project forward. Awesome! It's it's been great to Welcome. have you on the team. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Yes. Welcome. Well, welcome, Tabitha. Well, yes. Go yeah, ahead, Gabe. Same. Yes. I was going to say welcome, Tabitha, and uh, we can tell it's your first board meeting since you're so excited. 
<laughs> oh yeah! Oh. Well, I, I should also say I, that I wanna, my... I wanna hear your comments when it's one a.m. Tabitha. <laughs> oh, if you think I'm still gonna be here at one a.m., you are a wild. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Well, Thank and you. she had her first uh, ADP steering committee call on Wednesday, where I think they they read through the first. 25 of their 60 objectives for the year. So she's got plenty on her plate, right, Kim? Exactly. That's right. We, we haven't even finished all of them yet, but no. she's been working hard all month. So it's great. And very right. educational. <laughs> very good. And, and uh, also a shout out to Joe Lynn Bailey Page, who's doing a great job of helping uh, uh, transla- transition uh, her knowledge to Tabitha, along with Joel and Fred and Carl and Kim and, you know, the entire ADP steering committee. So welcome, Tabitha. Yes, indeed. Welcome. Thank you. All right. Boy, next meeting, we may have somebody else to introduce, right, Eric? As we move along here. I believe we may have one or maybe two. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Excellent. Well, um, why don't I, uh, if there are no more questions for me, I can hand it off to Nancy Becker, our CFO. Go ahead, Nancy. Hey there. I like Tabitha with her telling us that she's not going to be at that meeting at one o'clock in the morning. I love it. (laughs) So um, Eric gave an update on staffing for Minneapolis, but I do want to say something. Um, Lane Waters, who most, many of you know, was first the controller over here at the office, and then he transitioned to a contractor. And I would like to say, Thank you to him as he is trying to sail off into full retirement. He has been very dedicated to ACB, and I would like to thank him for everything he has done for ACB and for me. There is not a time where I needed some help, and he would say, do you need me to help you, or do you need me to come in, even though it's my time off? So I want to say a huge thanks for everything he has done for ACB throughout, I think, the last probably 15 years, 12, 15 years. I think 2006, yeah, seven. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Wow. Yep. 16, so, 17 years. Yeah. He's, he's still, I will still drag him in once in a while, but um, I'm hoping that by the end of February, we will have somebody in here um, to do the accounting full time. Nancy, are we going to see him at the convention in Schomburg? He is going to help me set up. Mm. I think I think him and I are doing a road trip there. We're helping set up, but I'm not sure if he's staying. Ah, okay. <laughs> Everybody knows registration like he does. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, um, next thing, membership enrollment. So our affiliate membership record individuals have been very busy on updating and adding the new member new member information. Um, Sharon and I were just talking about it, that she's had a flurry of emails from a good share of the affiliates, but there's some that that I think are just um, waiting for a couple more weeks before they start doing anything. For those who are listening on ACB Media, if you have changed your address in the last year, please contact your affiliate and provide them with the updated information. It will help us to communicate with you in the next year also. Um, Cindy has been working to set up individuals who will be providing training to those who are new or need additional training in AMMS. This is something that Lane had done in the past, but again, we're transitioning to something new. So as soon as Cindy has um, the names of the trainers, we will get some training dates set up. Along with this on the AMMS site, there is an audio 
JAWS and NVDA training sessions recorded along with the membership certification schedules. And just to let you know, Sharon had somebody who was new to the um, to membership records and they went on their list to listen to the um, audio there. And she said they were up and running and all of a sudden Sharon started getting emails with, you know, updates and new, new employees or not new employees, sorry, um, new members. Um, for DC leadership registration, I know you guys have had a little bit of talk on that. Um, since the DC leadership conference has expanded into include tours, we took the structure that we use for the convention registration and where we replicated it for leadership. So um, I know that today individuals have successfully registered for both the virtual and the in-person portion of the convention. So we have approximately, I think, like four or seven people that are are doing the in-person portion, and there's a bunch that have said that they're going to attend virtually. Something that's new this year is you can be an individual sponsor for the DC leadership. So if you are interested in doing a sponsorship along with your in-person or virtual, go ahead and fill that out on your registration. Next thing is audit preparation. It seems like I talk about this for like six months every year, but we are also beginning to start working on the audit by verifying the amounts that are on our balance sheets. This consists of sending requests out to financial institutions to confirm balances, val verifying the inventory levels, and reconciling the donor database to the general ledger totals. The in-person portion of the audit will be conducted March 27th to the 31st. So as we are trying to um, wind up or prepare for the audit, um, one thing that we do differently at the end of the year than we do in the other months, the other months we are able to close our books closer to the end of the month, but since we are verifying, reconciling everything, we have to leave the books open for a, like a month or a month and a half after year end so that we can prep everything for the audit. So I do not have updated financial information for you tonight, but I can provide an update on our investment count, accounts. The value of the combined accounts at the end of December was 4.3 million, and our unrealized net losses was 700,000 for the year. So as a reference, our unrealized losses on the August financial statements was 800,000. So the value of our investments has increased some. I would like to say that in these uncertain environment, many investors are experiencing the same thing ACB is with their investments. So what we're experiencing isn't unique. And the one thing that we need to remember that unrealized losses or gains do not affect us until we actually sell the security. So while this may not feel good right now, as long as we hold on to our investments, it'll come back eventually and we'll, we'll be on the positive side again. And the last, last but not least, least thing, the board approved the yearly withdrawal from the legacy fund. And I would just like to let you know that those funds have been withdrawn from that account in January. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Nancy. Any questions for Nancy? <clears throat> All right, thorough job, Nancy. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, and I guess, Eric, back to you. Uh, other staff uh, reports as sure. requested uh, um just yeah so we've got we've got all the reports and we'll just kind of go through these individuals to see if there are questions 
uh, based upon the reports that they've submitted. So why don't we go next to development, uh, our interim director of development, Bill Reeder, and our associate director, or our associate director of development, pardon me, Jolyn Bailey-Page. We had a discussion earlier, uh, but Bill, if you have a thought you'd like to share, or Jolyn? I have two thoughts, and and then a uh, a little bit of, of discussion about uh, the near-term future. Uh, uh, when Nancy got back from vacation a week ago, I said, hey, Nancy, push that button that you've got in your office and print out our total giving for last year. And there's some good news here, people. Uh, according to the button that Nancy pushed, we raised $1.5 million last year. And um, that's that's really significant. I was frankly surprised. I didn't realize as I've kind of gotten involved in the weeds here that the weeds were uh, adding up to that significant amount of money. Um, the number one goal for next year is to repeat that. The number two goal is to increase it. But, um, and there's some really good news here as well. Uh, and it's been highlighted in numerous conversations this evening. And that is the effectiveness and the capacity of our volunteer community. Um, literally everybody on this call, you've you've all been involved in fundraising and very meaningfully so. And, and of course, many people not on this call tonight, but that are active. And uh, I still believe to my core uh, that that is the essence of good philanthropy. And we're very blessed. Uh, and I think uh, just as was referenced here several times tonight, I don't think we've actually organized everybody that's available to us yet. Uh, and that's uh, that's certainly the path ahead is to really get that organization expanded, uh, not to not to diminish or to lose any of the important effective work that's already happening, but uh, to continue to mine, I call it the group gold that's available to ACB. And uh, I think, you know, when I, when I came in, I of course came in through my friendship with Tony and Eric and then meeting Dan and everybody and uh, came from a very different environment. So it took a while to perceive all of the working body parts here. But what I begin to realize is that in order for us to go to the next level, where we could sustain fundraising growth, we would benefit from a different structural approach. Um, you know, I look at that 1.5 million, that's about what my college raised this last year from its annual fund. And we had five full-time people working at it. Here, we had Tony and Jolynn part-time. And then everybody on this call, you know, you're pitching in, but we didn't really have the staff structure that one would expect for an organization of this complexity and this potential. So the question was, how do we move to a more stable construct? And you've all heard me talk about the cube we still haven't really 
unpacked around that that device fully, but over the next month or two, we'll take the next steps in that. Uh, but Eric has very graciously led us forward into the creation of a development team. Uh, and JoLynn is now full-time. She brings two great strengths. I don't know if you all realize this, but she used to work for me in development. She was part of my development team. And I lost track of her. I didn't know where she'd gone off to, only to find out here she was. Um, but uh, the second thing is because of the work that she's done in audio description, she brings a vocabulary and a fluency to us, which I think is is truly, truly valuable and important. She's an outstanding writer and outstanding grants writer. And to have JoLynn's muscularity at that, I don't think, David, we're going to go from 100,000 to 700,000, but I'm pretty positive we're going to make some good progress there. Um, Eric mentioned uh, an assistant. One of the recommendations which I've made and we are moving forward on is to stop thinking about development as a series of events, but rather divide us into specific categories of individuals, corporations, and foundations, and then trusts. Because each one of those different sources of money requires a different approach. And so our development assistant will be focused on individuals and supporting our, our, uh, our resource committees and our monthly monetary society. And, and uh, eventually, David, we're gonna pick that planned giving tool up, but that, so we'll have that person on individuals. Corporations, we've, we've formed a, new, a good team. Uh, it's our boss, Eric. Clark, they're out there in the corporate world. They're they're being very successful. And uh, Caitlin, uh, who's Eric's assistant, is going to be giving staff support for corporate giving. And then the foundations, uh, JoLynn will continue to provide her leadership there, but we will be integrating literally everybody on this call and everybody across the organization as we prepare for what I'm calling transformational grant giving. So building that infrastructure is really, truly the progress that we're making. It's unfortunately a little, you know, behind the scenes. It's not glamorous, but I think it's the right thing for us to secure our, our fundraising confidence, to keep it uh, sustainable over multiple years, and then uh, to grow it and grow it both incrementally and then in, in larger dimensions. So um, stay tuned. Uh, Cindy's already set up some opportunities for us in community to start working with our affiliates on fundraising. Um, I've already met with the Missouri crowd. I'm about to meet with the Pennsylvania crowd and, and to one of the early conversations, trying to understand how what we do here can also create resonance uh, out in the field. So um, a lot going on, much to be proud of, and a lot more to do. But I, I'd like to 
maybe open for a few questions and then, but I do want to hear from JoLynn just a minute and uh, give her a chance to put on her new hat here with the group for just a few seconds. But are there any questions? Excellent presentation, Bill. I think everybody's asleep. It's already one o'clock. <laughs> I do not see any hands, Bill. Okay. <laughs> it's a miracle. <laughs> JoLynn, would you like to say a couple of words? I, I thought at the at the tail end of JoLynn's uh, report on grants were some just wonderful, wonderful insights about being focused and prepared and intentional. Uh, multiplier effect, leverage. I mean, these these really are at the heart and soul of what uh, our our approach is. And Jolynn, you might give some thought about that if you don't mind. Not at all. Um, thank you, Bill. Essentially, with regard to the foundations, we are stepping back in a little bit uh, just to rebuild. Um, rearrange the bricks at the foundation, maybe use some different materials, you know, metaphorically speaking. Um, but overall, to construct a program that will, that is really intentional, as Bill, as Bill mentioned. Um, and when we do issue an ask, it will be because we have capacity to sustain it if it's granted. It's focused in an area that we are, are working on either a program or general operating support for, for say, a new staff position. But we'll go into it with knowing that we have the resources to implement the grant, not just on a temporary basis, but to either expand on it or as a conduit to a larger grant or partnership with another organization. And as part of that, we are starting to work on a body of, of materials and um, skill sets, developing talking points um, so that we're prepared, so that we aren't reinventing the wheel every time we're writing a new grant. And this, this is where Bill's comment on involving everyone here on the board, some affiliates, uh, other groups, so that we're all working from the same idea, the same set of talking points. Um, so we're actually in each other's business a whole lot more. This is one case where knowing your neighbor's business is really advantageous so that we, we all know what, what we're doing. And then as we, as we do plan that intentionally and the grants do start to come in, that will help us um, expand on those, expand our network, partner with more organizations, and uh, increase the overall giving. So when we start out with a projection of, say, you know, we're, we're looking at 150000 right now, that's just for first quarter going into second quarter. I expect that to expand throughout the year. And... Uh, you know, it, it would be better if we had the entire year planned out, but I think we're off to a very good start uh, as far as our, our grant program is concerned. Here are the really quick things. Uh, we are, uh, Kelly, as you may know, has put together a, a comprehensive calendar 
for ACB projects, programs, and activities. We are now filling that out with a comprehensive development calendar. Correct. So we're going to know where every activity, every event, lead time, planning time, writing time, meeting time is for the entire year uh, for our entire organization. Um, the second thing I wanted to say, if if I met Tabitha in a phone call about two months ago, and I could tell you now, if you hadn't hired her, I had to figure out a, a way to hire her. <laughs> you all landed in a tub of butter when we got Tabitha. So uh, that is anybody true. Who, who writes well is my best friend. <laughs> uh, but finally, I would like to just extend a sincere invitation. If you have a brainstorm or you have a annoying, uh, I don't know what, annoyance, whatever, uh, please send me an email, send me a text, call me up. Um, you know, I really, truly believe that all of us are smarter than one of us. And as you've heard me say, especially my wife hears me say that, she says, especially Bill, if you're the one we're talking about. <laughs> so, so don't be shy. There are no bad ideas. Um, I don't know. Are there, are there any questions now? Or <laughs> No hands. Thank you, Bill. And thank you, Joe Lynn. So, all right, back to Eric. All right. Uh, why don't we go next to uh, Kelly Gask, our communication specialist. Hey, guys. Um, I'm going to be doing my finest. Ooh, that's quiet, Kelly. Yes. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm trying not to browse the family. Um, so, um, you know, we have had, we always have a busy year, um, but we've been doing a much better job um, uh, with our communications, um, getting everything on track. And one of the big items that I worked on last quarter is our um, ACB calendar, which Bill just mentioned. Um, so our uh, calendar is a really comprehensive compilation of uh, dates, um, whether it be dates significant to ACB um, or other dates just significant to the blindness community. Um, so there are um, dates of significance. So this can be you know, commemorative dates um, like World Blind Day, uh, assistive technology awareness day, um, you know, monthly themes like healthy vision month, um, that, you know, we may want to use for social media or for other events. Um, there's also a CB related dates for events and deadlines, like our scholarship program, our baby awards. Um, we really want to make aware, uh, make ourselves aware of when these deadlines and events are, um, so that we can properly promote them, but also properly plan uh, for other items that we need to work into the calendar to make sure everything is spaced uh, appropriately. Um, we have awards announcements. Um, Sharon has been amazing with providing me the monthly Braille forum topics, as well as the deadlines to submit articles to the Braille forum. Um, the um, uh, I've been working with Cecily on um, getting the ACB affiliate conventions. Um, I'm also going to be sending um, a note out this week um, to our affiliate uh, presidents list, requesting for affiliates to send me their convention dates to add to the calendar. Um, 
And then, um, you know, external conferences for other organizations that are pertinent to our community. Um, so this is a, a project that, you know, I update every single week. Um, we have uh, find new dates for events for um, different projects that we're working on all the time. So it is consistently a work in progress and it needs to be updated continuously um, to uh, stay relevant. Um, so right now, um, I am incorporating the calendar into a number of different initiatives, meetings that we're having, um, you know, for our quarterly planning process internally, we are utilizing the ACB calendar to look ahead at what's coming up. And I think that that's something that we've needed for a long time is to stop being reactive to items that are coming up and start being proactive. So this calendar is really assisting us with this. And um, the goal is to get this added to ACB Media, um, the, the website on the calendar, um, so that everybody will have access to these dates as well. Um, for any of the uh, board members on this call, um, if you'd like to see the calendar, it's actually, as of January 20th, I've already uh, updated many, many dates, but it's stored on our SharePoint site. But if you kind of want to get the gist of what we're working with, I have a link to it in my report. Uh, but it's it's been you know useful for for me just for looking ahead um, you know for anything coming up on social um, but you know it's it's something that we're gonna you know bake into the fabric of um, the way the way that we run um, our communications and and everything here at ACB. Um, another big item that we've been working on uh, actually I think they reached out to us before I went on maternity leave last year, um, but the New York Times. Um, has been uh, very serious about, um, you know, cr uh, creating new alt text standards for their website and digital communications. Um, they came to us with, uh, you know, some pretty solid guidelines, um, but they really wanted to get some user feedback um, in practice, you know, where through articles. Um, so they utilized our folks um, through dots and dashes. We reached out to our members and you know, anybody that receives dots and dashes and let them know that the New York Times was holding focus groups. And um, we had a, a large number of people who responded that were interested in participating. So um, they arranged, um, I think it was about three to four articles that the focus group uh, uh, participants reviewed and um, provided feedback on. Um, so um, we have been, you know, it was quiet for a little while, you know, while they're going through this process, um, because, um, you know, we really wanted to give them time to, to get that feedback. Um, but, you know, it, it, I think they have found that our um, interaction with them has been really valuable um, because uh, we were recently contacted again uh, to provide some further feedback on alt text best practices for their email and newsletters. Um, Currently, right now, they do not have alt text available in their newsletters, so um, that's that's an accessibility problem, and um, we want to make sure that um, we're helping guide them through that process. Um, so we are we are here to answer any questions that they have, and um, you know, I just have been really impressed with um, how they've gone about this. They really want to make sure that yes, they use alt text, but they're also using it in a very um, constructive uh, and useful way. 
um, so they know, you know, the difference between captions and alt text. Um, the alt text describes what's in the image and the captions, you know, describe what's not included in the picture itself. So um, they they really have some a, a good base and I'm really excited to see what they come up with. Um, you know, we are going to be talking about our leadership conference, so I don't want to get uh, too into um the different items um that we're working on with that because we'll talk about it more but um you know this is a different um type of event um that we've ever had because we have both the virtual and the in-person portion um we're really trying to make the in-person portion unique um and that it's really um you know experiences uh between the tours and the presentations that are best experienced in person. Um, so um, there's gonna be a number of awesome tours as um, Eric mentioned, um, I sent out a communication today that um, the registration is open for all ACB members. Um, so I definitely encourage you to, um, you know, attend whatever you feel best attending, but we will have a really um, exciting currency rally that's already been discussed. Um, I'm actually really looking forward to it. We are um, trying to. She might have muted herself or did she leave? Can you Glad guys hear me okay? Um, no, we can. No, no we can. Yeah. You were gone <laughs> okay. for just a minute. Yes. Now she's gone again, I think. Well, she is yeah. here. She's not muted, what? so she must be having like a technical error. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. I'm sorry about that. My oh. AirPods just died on me um, oh. right in the middle <laughs> while I was speaking. And then it <laughs> the other one didn't want to connect. So I'm, I'm very sorry about that. And then I woke up the no. baby. So, you know. Nice. Great. Well, hey, Kelly, why don't, um, it was a, it was a wonderful report. Why don't we, um, why don't we just see if, uh, folks have questions on, uh, okay. on any of what you've, uh, written and presented on. We Thanks. have Jeff Bishop is number at the top of the list and then Terry Pacheco is second. Hi, Kelly. Mr. President, before you start, um, I'm going to be leaving the call in about 20 minutes and I didn't want to interrupt anybody when I go off. I have a CCB obligation that I have to fulfill okay so, thank thanks you. thanks for the heads up jeff yep. mr president i'll have to leave at the top of the hour eight o'clock uh, as well as just to let you know okay. of a working engagement um kelly i just have a quick question for you and, and it's not something that you covered during your report but it is communication um, mm -hmm. related um and we we have seen um due to um things beyond our control a um, significant decrease of twitter participation um within the blind community at least mm -hmm. um due to um third-party twitter clients and and other platform um changes that have been pretty significant um to the blindness community as a whole and and, and i'm wondering um if we are looking at expanding our social media presence to mastodon um as well as another vehicle i know a lot of the tools and and um you know, you, you know uh, automation tools that, that we use to be able to publish content are already uh, starting to add features to be able to post to that platform. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if that is something that you have started to engage with yet at this point. 
No, I actually, I have not done too much research research on that, um, but I do think it would be good to um, look into that because I know a bunch of people have, have left Twitter. Um, so um, I will uh, put that on the, the plate to explore to see if that's something that would work out well for us. Feel, um, feel, feel free to reach out because I think that we could um, do something here pretty special in reference to um, a Mastodon instance that is ACB branded that, mm-hmm. would, that would then also expand our reach. Okay. So we should, okay. so we should, and it wouldn't cost probably hardly anything to do, honestly. Cool. Okay. So, um, we should, we should think about it. Okay. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate you bringing that up. Sure. And then Terry, um, uh, you had your hand raised. I do. I just wanted to ask, I know Kelly that you said that the calendar is available on the ACB media website. What are we doing about making that information available to others, to people who are not into uh, roaming websites, for instance? Uh, Are we doing anything, for instance, with the 800 number to put any of that up once a week uh, for people who are not into the internet? That's a good question. Um, I think I kind of need to discuss this internally with our folks to see, you know, like what what the best way to approach that would be. Um, but yeah, we, we haven't had any discussions about that yet. And it's actually, it's not on the ACB media website just yet. Um, it will be coming on there soon, but um, I will, I'm going to note that um, and um, add that to the, add that to the, the plate. <laughs> and one more thing. Mm-hmm. This is the first time that I think I've been on a call with you and with your picture on here. That baby is absolutely adorable. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, I made her myself, so I like to wear <laughs> You did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kelly. All right. Um, back to Eric. Yeah, sure. And um, if you haven't had an opportunity to read Kelly's report, uh, the one thing that she didn't cover was uh, a lot of uh, data regarding communications and social media around the audio description awards gala. Uh, there, there's some really good uh, data points in there and would encourage you all to to take a look at that as well because that was a, an event that was held after um, you know these these budget meetings with the board and uh, obviously was, uh, it was was quite successful, and, and the board is aware of that. But there's some there are some um, data points there that I think uh, highlight um, the success of the event. So, all right, why don't we go uh, next to the director of advocacy and governmental affairs, Clark Rockfall? All right, uh, thank you, Eric, and good evening. Good evening, Kelly. Um, good, e- good evening again, everyone. Uh, and Denise, thank you for stealing my thunder here tonight and having Eric, Eric introduce Tabitha. Uh, the advocacy report is uh, has been shared with everyone. Uh, just a, a couple things to note. And as I was pulling this together, I was looking back at the uh, advocacy board report from the beginning of last year. And last year, uh, several of our imperatives. The the item in the board report was to have these bills introduced, uh, get these concepts down in writing. Um, well, guess what, folks? We we did that. 
Uh, we had bills introduced for all four of our legislative imperatives in the 117th Congress. Um, the the one area that we that we kind of missed out going a perfect eight for eight on was Senate introduction of the Medical Device Non-Visual Accessibility Act. Uh, but we are confident uh, that we can keep advocating for that here in the 118th Congress. Um, there are items on here that you know will remain priorities that aren't um, aren't necessarily percolating at the moment. You know our affiliates are all still very active. Um, quick, sh this, I always get in trouble when I do this because I'm going to forget somebody. But quick shout outs to. Uh, New York, Illinois, Washington, California, who are all working to advance legislation related to remote accessible voting. Uh, transportation remains a huge priority, and I could go on and on. So at, at this point, I'd just like to, to pause and see if any folks have any questions related to the advocacy report. Also keeping in mind that we will be discussing the the leadership conference, which is taking up the, the, the bulk of our resources um, here at the beginning of the year. Clark, it's Dan. I just want to give a shout out to you and to Eric. Uh, again, last week, we had a quarterly call with uh, NFB uh, with Mark Riccobono, John Pere, and Neil Lewis uh, to talk about things that collaboratively ACB and NFB could work on together. And um, I just want to say thanks to Eric and Clark. Uh, you know, we've, we've now got two of our imperatives this year that are, you know, totally supported and are, are the same issues for both ACB and NFB. And I, I believe that this collaborative work really does make a difference. You know, NFB will be up on the hill here this coming week. We'll follow up a month later. And I do think speaking with one cons combined consumer voice uh, for, blind, for the blind and low vision community truly does make a difference. And, and you know, it's, it's a new world for us, but I think it's a good world. And I just want to thank um, Clark and Eric for, for being, uh, you know, stewards to make that happen. Uh, actually, I think NFB's up there this week. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yep. Yep. So, um, so I, again, I think it just brings a lot of power to our, uh, to our imperatives when we're all on the same page. Not that we're going to agree with uh, our other consumer groups all the time, but when we do, speaking in one voice, I think, does make a difference. Yeah. What are the two imperatives? Echo. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, Clark, Clark could share those. but they're, Sure. They're, yeah. Absolutely. Thanks for the question, Chris. So Chris Bell asked, what are the same uh, imperatives, what are the imperatives that are shared by ACB and NFB? And those are the Medical Device Non-Visual Accessibility Act. Uh, as well as the Websites and Software Applications Accessibility Act. Great. Thank the, you. Yep. And just to, to elaborate a little bit further, um, NFB's third imperative is an issue that ACB supports as well, uh, and that's to introduce legislation to eliminate the SSDI earnings cliff uh, to help folks 
either continue working or um, you know progress through their employment journey um, without having a, uh, a detrimental impact on their income. And that's an issue that ACB has um, supported for, for quite some time. And then NFB, uh, similarly, uh, is also on record as supporting both of our other two imperatives as well. Oh, that's terrific. I think that's a great step forward for, uh, for the blindness community as a whole to be able to speak with a consistent voice on those important issues. Absolutely. And I just wanted to add, this is Gabriel, especially having walked on Capitol Hill for legislative, uh, it was it was tough when we got there and, and you know, the um, legislative aides would tell us, but, you know, another group was here a couple of weeks ago telling us that the opposite of what you're saying. <laughs> so, so it, 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 it is a great step forward and it's, uh, there's definitely, uh, it's, it's, I think it's gonna, the results are going to start showing uh, on the advocacy efforts that we do during legislative. Any other questions for Clark? All right. Thank you, Clark. And uh, yes, thanks, back Clark. to Eric. Yeah. All right. And uh, we had a, a very robust discussion regarding uh, her report and uh, membership <laughs> earlier. Um, I, Cindy, I, if you have... Uh, Did you expect anything less? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, uh, a, you know, a thought or two, um, you know, that are uh, adjacent to, to any of that uh, this evening or, you know, and then open it for maybe another question. One sure. question. <laughs> uh, I think just what I'll say is that uh, I hope you looked at the end of the report that I gave and spoke about some of the goals that we have, uh, which I believe um are just helping us uh, do some really cool things with communities, such as uh, bringing continuing education credits to what we're doing. Um, and uh, wanted to uh, mention that uh, if people reach out to us, and they do often, we are always directing them to our affiliates. And uh, so I, I want you all to know that that is absolutely something Colby and I both do on a regular basis. And uh, we, we really work to uh, have good communication with the community. And so the daily schedule is uh, somebody talked a lot about value and uh, you know, what is the value of being a member? And I, th I think one of the things I would just say is that if every affiliate chose to use what we are doing in community, either to replicate it and do similarly in your affiliates, state affiliates and so on, similar community type calls, uh, there's, there's definitely some great value there and creating engagement. And then what we are doing is we are just this huge resource and people can join ACB, whether they pay their dues or not, 
they can become part of ACB instantaneously through community because we have activities going on seven days a week, 52 weeks a year with the exception of convention. And, uh, and I think that that has really created some great uh, value for people to find ACB and connect with ACB quickly. So uh, there's a lot of other stuff in my report. And even though it was not membership specific, I hope that uh, you found value in what I did share. So any questions? Silence. Oh, no, there is one. There is one, Ray Campbell. <laughs> Sorry, Cindy. I, I tried to put his hand down. He kept coming back up. That's, that's Ray. He was waving. Hi, Ray. I'm waving. Hey, Cindy. Um, you know, I think, too, I think one thing that um, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention is that, you know, the community and the, the great value it's, it's creating, people are appreciating that um, to the tune of this year, I think over $11,000 that was given during the uh, community oh, of Thon at yeah. the on New Year's Eve, and uh, and uh, the other thing about that, just wanted to mention that this year the community of Thon was planned by the community support committee, which this board uh, put together yes. to um, to help Cindy and Colby uh, with uh, some of the tasks around uh, community. So, uh, just wanted to make make sure we mentioned those couple of things. Absolutely, thank you. Uh, that was great. And a side note, uh, uh, $2,000 for the auction, uh, holiday auction, came from people who loved karaoke so much they gave $1,000 and we had two theme nights in January <laughs> because of it. So, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Cindy. And still one of my favorite events is Friendsgiving. And boy, when you get yes. a chance to participate in that, mm -hmm. it's not about money. It's it's about mm -hmm. people people sharing um, what ACB has meant to them. And boy, it, it just it 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 really brings your brings you up short. It really for sure. People a lot of times bring that up, um, and yeah. what what has brought them to ACB is mm -hmm. is listening on ACB media mm -hmm. and hearing voices starting to recognize people feeling connection, not feeling isolated, not feeling alone. And Friendsgiving is often brought up around that. So oh, it is. I mean, people that are at home alone or sharing their stories. I don't know. It's, yeah. it really does uh, warm your heart. So thank you. Thank Appreciate you. it. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you, Cindy. Uh, Eric, back to you. Is sure. Uh, I had one last thing I wanted to raise. Uh, it was on the next page of Braille that I have here, <laughs> and, I, and I missed it, so my apologies. But uh, we had our first meeting of the ACB Advisory Board for the year uh, last Friday, and uh, much of the discussion centered around sort of the evolution of the Advisory Board. Um, this iteration of the Advisory Boards has been uh, been around since really 2019 when we began to populate the board with willing individuals from, you know, with various backgrounds, business backgrounds. And 
they've uh, they've all come and been absolutely willing and passionate to to help in whatever way they can. A lot of it has been individual assistance where we need subject matter expertise that doesn't currently currently exist within the organization. And um, there's a, a feeling amongst the the members that you know there's there's uh, the need to to approach kind of the next iteration of this advisory board and having it function more as as a collective and not you know individual members doing individual projects all the time with with the staff and member and leadership of this organization and so um you know th- there there's going to be some work done to figure out kind of a a, a structure you know potentially a, a chair of the advisory board and also to to take a look at what what is maybe one or two projects that they as a collective could could help us with um, as an organization and so uh, you know none of that has been d- determined as yet but I think it's it's a very healthy uh, next step for those individuals to to look to take um, we'll also likely have one to two individuals that will be uh, rolling off this year and it's our hope that they will uh, be able to assist us in identifying individuals to help fill their slots before they go. So, um, you know, that's uh, it's another area of this organization that where there's been, I think, at times some really great value um, added, you know, an outsider's perspective uh, coming in and, and assisting, uh, you know, the, the volunteer leadership as well as the staff in in certain areas to help us move the ball forward or think slightly differently. So anyway, that's all I have, Dan. And uh, I'd like to thank everybody on the team for all of their work. Uh, it, it the, the year has started off with a bang and we're going to be sprinting here until uh, mid-March. <laughs> Hard to believe um, we're only one-twelfth of the way through the year. <laughs> I know, I know. Dan, Dan As witnessed a, almost all of it. So. <laughs> yes, uh, so Eric, thank you. Thank you, Nancy. Thanks to the entire staff. Uh, do I have a motion to approve the staff report? I so move. Ray moved. Do I have a second? Second, Kenneth. Thank you, Kenneth. All right. So Ray moved and Kenneth second. Uh, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Eric and, and Nancy and staff. All right. Now we're moving on to item 10, where we kind of have a lot of the same individuals sharing their information. But I wanted to take a little time because you've heard it through the evening uh, you know, really a lot, a lot of effort uh, from the staff and from our key committees and members and board has really gone into planning our DC leadership conference. And in typical ACB fashion, we had the virtual event and that was a real success. And we used to have an in-person event and the advocacy steering committee thought it was a really good idea to have, uh, you know, perhaps a uh, a rally where we got together and and uh, truly promoted accessible currency. And so here we are uh, coming together the first two weeks in March uh, for a four-day, four-afternoon uh, virtual president's meeting and legislative seminar. And then we'll take a breath for a day and 
Some of us will travel to DC and then we'll have the board meeting on the 9th, the accessible currency rally on the 10th and then uh, you know, reception that evening. Sprinkled in with that are tours over all four days uh, and then some really exciting um, breakout sessions and luncheon speakers on uh, Saturday and Sunday, along with, again, an opportunity for some more tours, uh, as well as a, a dine around on Saturday night where you have yet another opportunity to engage and network with folks. And then it looks like an opportunity to go to Capitol Hill on Monday and uh, Clark will kind of share the latest kind of breaking news related to that. So with that said, um, let's see, how do we want to kind of walk through this? I, um, I think we can uh, like to kind of try to keep this to 20 or so minutes. So it's not a whole lot of time, but I do want to allow people to ask questions and if, if they wish. Um, so maybe we'll start with the president's um, the president's meeting and I'll ask Eric to take a minute and uh, introduce who our keynote speaker is going to be for this year. Sure. So uh, each year as part of the affiliate president's meeting, we have uh, a leader in the field. Uh, well, a, an individual who's blind, who's a leader, maybe not always in the blindness field. Um, and this year, I'm really happy to announce that our keynote speaker will be the new uh, CEO of the Lighthouse for the Blind and Visually Impaired in San Francisco, Sharon Giovanazzo. And uh, she came on board, I believe, in November and uh, had been at the World Services for the Blind in Arkansas and previous to that, holding positions in other NIB agencies. I, I, I had the uh, great uh, privilege to get to know her starting about 20 years ago. Um, we participated in the National Institutes for the Blind business management training uh, uh, business uh, class at the uh, Darden School of Business at the University of Virginia. And Sharon had uh, only recently lost her vision and uh, through a series of, of events, and um, I, I got to know her uh, as she was working at an agency in upstate New York and um, really have a, a great deal of admiration for her and her, her journey through uh, her, her vision loss, which was fairly traumatic, um, and just how she's, how she's lived her life and uh, the fierceness that she possesses, as well as a, a great sense of humor, and so I think I think there's you know a lot of entertaining uh, anecdotes that she'll have a lot of uh, just a, I, I think you all will will find her very engaging and entertaining, and um, again you know she's she's somebody I've known for a long time. She's recognized. Um, you know, over the last three, four years as a, as a, uh, a leader in our field and uh, took one organization that was really fledgling and, 
and uh, set it on the right path. And now is uh, now is in San Francisco. It's quite a culture shock moving from Arkansas to San Francisco. I'm assuming, so we can learn more about that. But um, you know, somebody that's had a lot of diverse uh, experience in her life, and uh, I, I think someone that'll be they'll be a good speaker. Very good. Uh, thank you, Eric. And then we're going to also feature our new board members. So uh, Dennis Becker will be reaching out to our six new board members from 21 and 22. You all kind of know who you are that got a, recently elected. And we want to kind of highlight each of you and have you tell a little bit of your, your background, uh, kind of what drove you to kind of be a member of the uh, board of directors and where you kind of uh, a few thoughts you have for the future of ACB. So where each of those interviews are going to last about 10 minutes and they'll be videoed and uh, we'll be working with every, our, our six board members to kind of bring those to life here over the next few weeks, as well as uh, the Multicultural Affairs Committee is planning a very interesting session on disability rights and civil rights are human rights. And we have a uh, professor from Virginia Commonwealth University who's going to lead that discussion for us on uh, on Saturday afternoon. Uh, we'll have uh, conversations from different leading uh, affiliates, uh, representatives on kind of what they're doing related to their activities uh, at, in their affiliates. Um, the Burl Collie Leadership Institute, right? Ray is going to do a presentation on um, you know affiliates, uh, affiliate leaders, and delegation. How to delegate in the middle of a of a pandemic environment? Yeah, mm -hmm. so I think that will be a really interesting panel discussion. Uh, we'll also have a presentation from the Get Up and Get Moving campaign with a couple of their testimonials uh, from affiliates. Uh, we'll meet our new. Uh, uh, ACB Media Support Committee and talk to uh, Rachel and Rick and Larry about what's moving going on there, reports from the BOP, uh, DKM Fund. So just lots of really uh, good activities that'll be happening over those two days. Uh, in addition, we'll have a fireside chat on Sunday night and really want to get some of our key uh, thought leaders inside of ACB and maybe some folks that have a little bit of an outside perspective to kind of uh, continue the conversation that we had tonight about, uh, you know, membership and where we, where we go in the future. What, what does the world look like in, uh, in 2030 or 2040? Uh, so I think that uh, will be an exciting two days and I'll turn it over to Clark to give you a little background. Oh, one thing before I turn it over to Clark, the other thing that's really been um, um, part of the Multicultural Affairs and the Hispanic Subcommittee, uh, this year we are not only, we will be making our, uh, all, all of our virtual presentations available on CART for uh, the deaf blind community, as well as available in Spanish uh, for those um, who are more comfortable hearing the presentations in Spanish uh, than in English. So kind of, again, really trying to reach out and involve uh, all of our blind and low vision 
community members. So Clark, would you want to share a little bit about the virtual legislative seminar, which will be what, March 6th and 7th? That is right, Dan. And uh, I will also add that Dan and I will be joining the uh, President Affiliates Pump Day Happy Hour community event tomorrow to share this information directly with folks there and answer any questions that they have. Uh, the virtual portion of the legislative seminar will look and sound a lot like the legislative seminar of years past. So it's two, if you're in East Coast time, two afternoons, um, no breakout rooms, just single Zoom session straight through. We have uh, invitations out to and are coordinating the participation of members of Congress. We have guest speakers that will provide a, a political uh, landscape and overview for 2023 and the start of the 118th Congress. As I mentioned before, Dr. Jill Heemskirt from the National Institutes on Health uh, has agreed to provide an update. And we have uh, various committee chairs and members of the Advocacy Steering Committee, um, who I cannot say enough about and would not be able to do this without our, our volunteering and moderating and hosting and pulling together uh, various panels and sessions regarding advocacy issues, topics, as well as uh, advocacy areas specific to uh, members and subgroups of our community. Thank you, Clark. I think it's going to be uh, a couple of really good legislative uh, session days. And yeah, of course, leading up to that, you'll have uh, community events and the, the white papers for each of the imperatives. So there'll be lots of opportunity for our members to truly uh, understand the legislative imperatives before we get to the two-day legislative seminar. That's right, Clark. Yeah. And Okay, and so once we kind of finish those four days, we'll then move on to the in-person portion of the um, of the DC Leadership Conference. Uh, Kelly, you want us to you want to take us through that timeline a little bit, or Dan, I'm I'm happy to jump okay. in here as, yeah. here as well. Okay, uh, thank so, you, Clark. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Thanks, so we we have the board meeting on. Thursday, March 9th. The in-person in programming will run Thursday, March 9th through Sunday, March 12th. Our host hotel is the Hilton Alexandria Old Town um, in the, the heart of Old Town Alexandria, uh, very close to the Reagan National Airport, right next to the, the King Street Metro Station. So uh, a very uh, accessible and friendly place to be. Uh, in addition to the board meeting on March 9th, we'll have the currency rally and evening reception on Friday, March 10th. And we will have uh, in-person experiential programming followed by luncheons the mornings of uh, Saturday, March 11th and Sunday, March 12th. In addition to uh, to all of this, but but wait, there's more. 
we also have tours scheduled for that folks can participate in. And this is all included in the registration fee for the event. Um, so there's the, I believe, the, the tour of George Washington's Mount Vernon estate on uh, Thursday, March 9th. We have uh, tours of the White House Visitor Center, kind of the, the late morning on Friday, March 10th, prior to the accessible currency rally, which will just be a couple blocks away from the White House Visitor Center. Um, and Dan, is it the uh, botanical gardens will also be a second tour that Friday morning? Mm-hmm. Great. And then uh, on the weekend, there are tours of the the Washington Mall uh, with a history teacher, as well as tours of the Library of Congress in the Capitol. So, Library of Congress in the Capitol will be on Saturday afternoon, and the monuments will be on Sunday. And Clark, what's the latest news you have on um, Hill visits on Monday? Yeah, I guess before we get to Hill visits, Mm -hmm. you know, I mentioned the experiential sessions. Mm -hmm. um, And, you know, some of the partners that will be joining us for those sessions uh, includes a a partner that conducted a focus group and received hands-on feedback from our members at the conference and convention in Omaha. And that's the, the mobile voting project as they work to develop uh, accessible and secure remote voting technology. Um, they're coming back for round two, folks. Um, we also have the uh, our friends from the Space Telescope Science Institute. They are the people sharing all of the images from the Hubble Space Telescope and James Webb Space Telescope, including uh, the alt text, alt text, and the sonifications of those images. Well, they're they're also doing some really neat tactile uh, renderings of the images and the data that they're receiving from the James Webb Space Telescope. So it's uh, really exciting that they're coming to to share those tactile images and exhibits. Um, they want folks to be able to interact with them. And hopefully we can hear, you know, what's what's coming next from them. Um, so we we have uh, also the folks from the National Library Service who will be joining us. And there's still a couple folks that that we're working on because we want to we want to pack the schedule for everyone who who's making the trip to D.C. So Dan talked yep. about hill visits, and uh, much like years past, we will be sending out a communication to the presidents on the leadership list, um, advising folks on how to schedule their Hill meetings. And the good news is that it's really up to you all. It's up to the affiliates on how you schedule meetings because the the Capitol Complex has reduced their extra security measures. Uh, Individuals and groups can come and move around the halls and go to meetings with their elected officials and staff. You no longer have to be met and escorted throughout the buildings. Um, so it's it's really up to our affiliates on how they want to handle uh, congressional meetings. 
I, I imagine it will be a hybrid environment for a lot of folks where there are some people that you may want to meet in person, or there's only some people who you can meet with in person on that Monday, March 13th, or if you're sticking around that Tuesday, March 14th. But having the capability of the virtual meetings, I know is something that many of our affiliates have embraced over the last two years, uh, not only because of the flexibility in scheduling, but also you know, we were talking about member engagement, how it, it allows the affiliates to engage more members uh, who are unable to travel to, to DC to engage them in the advocacy efforts um, and integrate them more with the going ons of the affiliate. Yes, Clark, and we'll also on Saturday have a dine around, which will give. Uh, uh, we're going to identify restaurants in the Old Town Alexandria area and have tables of eight. Uh, where people can sign up. You, you do have to buy your own dinner, but uh, you know the idea is to give people a real networking opportunity uh, where hopefully you don't just you know go out with just your friends you know that you already know, but you kind of take this opportunity to to find a new restaurant and uh, and hopefully a, a, a new group of people to network with. And then on Saturday and Sunday morning as well, besides the experiential uh, sessions that Clark will, was talked about, we'll also have a series of focus groups uh, focused on, you know, developing leaders and learning new skills uh, within our ACB family and having discussions. So whether it be about communications or membership development, uh, there's going to be an opportunity for focus groups uh, in conjunction with the exper exper experiential uh, sessions that we'll be holding. So a lot there for everybody. Um, um, Dan, could I mention? Dan, yes. could I oh, mention Kelly and then Terry. So go ahead, Kelly. Um, so just, you know, for anybody that is trying to book a room at the hotel, um, you can book a room um, uh, in the ACB room block until February 16th. If you encounter any issues um, when you call the hotel or uh, you go um, on the website to book your room, um, please let me know. Um, there are plenty of rooms left. So you should be able, if you, if you go today and you book it, you should be able to book a room. Um, so please send me an email if you have any problems. And the secret code is ACB23, right? Yes, that's correct. ACB23. Uh, Terry, you had a question? I, I do have good two questions that have come into me in texts this evening, both related to this uh, weekend. Mm -hmm. And one of them is they wanted to know if you go to the rally, do you still need to pay the 150 or $175 to go to the Friday night reception? Well, the, the rally reception. The, 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 the rally, um, the, the rally itself is it's open to everybody. We encourage right. everybody to come participate in the rally. It's an open event. You don't have to be an ACB member. You just have to care about inclusion and accessible currency. So we want, you know, the more the merrier. Everybody's invited and we'll be working to identify, you know, drop off locations uh, for people. We've already talked about this with Andrew. 
uh, who's helping us coordinate that we've got is with our community to have, we need to have a, a special designated drop-off location well identified and, and pick up with volunteers. So we're working at that related to the rally, but no, the rally's open to everybody. The reception itself is, it's a, uh, it's going to be served hors d'oeuvres that will be, you know, part of the hotel and uh, in order to peer, participate in the rally, you will have to have, uh, I mean, the reception, you will have to have a badge and have paid uh, your registration fee because that's- Okay, a, that's it. so it's, yeah. it's not really a rally reception as such is the question they were asking. The second question, uh, Clark, is that they also want to know when will the uh, imperatives paperwork or white papers as it was called a few minutes ago, uh, be available. Hello? Clark. There we go. I muted myself. <laughs> uh, those, <laughs> yes, Terry, Terry, those those are in process. The the uh, the imperatives are public, the backgrounders, we are finalizing those and we will get those out as soon as they're available. And then as Dan said, we will be holding community events, um, open public events for folks to, to join, to learn, and to ask questions here in November. Uh, November, February. A little there late for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, no, they just wanted to know when the paper, when uh, it was going to, when the papers were going to be available. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Sure, Terry. Other Questions or discussion for the board? Uh, yes. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm here. Uh, see, Sarah talks, and so now I got to talk. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, um, actually, so I just, for some of us that have never or have, it's been a long time since we've done something like a rally like this, is there going to be maybe a, um, a community event beforehand or something so we kind of understand you know what we're going to be doing and and stuff i mean do we have to make our own signs do we have to do what, what do we need to do to be prepared for this and also along with that um are there going to is there going to be an effort made to make sure there's you know sighted guides for some of us that would prefer would need that kind of assistance and you know places to to sit for people that maybe can't stand for a long time uh, some of those kinds of things. Um, just, I think it'd be good just to give people who want are participating in the rally a little kind of idea what to expect. That might be a good idea. Sure, I, it's a very good idea. We, these are all topics we've talked about with the rally team. So, yes, uh, you know, we we are planning on having seating. We're planning on having volunteers. If anybody, you all as good leaders and board members, if you can think of anybody that, you know, can come and provide volunteer service, we're trying to work with some of the sororities and different things in the area. But if, if anybody has ideas of how to get additional volunteers there, uh, you know, we, we are a group that, that, that can use uh, assistance, especially when we're traveling in an open area. Um, the rally itself will be held in a stage uh, um, uh, that is what is identified to me. It's uh, in front of the fountain and looking out over Lafayette Park to kind of across the street and down a little bit is the corner of the White House. So okay. it's that western 
my when I understand it, the western part of the park, the front western part, um, pretty kind of I think a place where where a lot of rallies uh, are held. Um, the Pennsylvania uh, Avenue is closed, blocked off there, so there's access, uh, regress to go and walk down to the Treasury Building. Uh, so it's, you know, it's going to the rally will hold be a part of kind of some music at the beginning. You know, we'll have a professional sound system there. Uh, so as blind people, we'll be able to know where the stage is, is where the music is coming from, <laughs> which is good for us. We're even looking at maybe having a few of our own members lead uh, a couple of uh, really cool songs to get it started. Uh, and then having, uh, you know, a slate of, of, of speakers. We're still working on that kind of run of show. Uh, you know, how, you know, how that goes, you, you put ask out there and we, you don't know, mm -hmm. Uh, for a little while, you know, who, who will reply, yeah. but we'll, we'll work it out no matter who we have reply. The materials, uh, what's really interesting with the rally is you're staging it for us uh, to participate in, but more importantly, you're staging it for the media uh, and to get your word out there. So a lot of what we're learning from Andrew is the right signage to have behind the stage uh, with the right uh, media and the right vantage points, so they pick up the graphics uh, that they, uh, you know, that you're, you're, you. It was kind of interesting as we had the discussion last week. You need experts that can talk to the issue that maybe are not the people that are emceeing the rally, uh, but folks like uh, Eric and Clark and Jeff Levicki that can. Uh, you know, if a reporter has questions and they want to know, well, what are we talking about here? They can really take you through the timeline of accessible currency and what's taken place over the last 20 plus years. Yeah. Uh, we've even talked about maybe or what's a, not taken place, not taken place, maybe even <laughs> a poster that kind of outlines that so people could see that graphic. So, so you've kind of got to think through all those uh, images, you know, are there things you can prepare ahead of time to get the word out on social media? Um, how do you capture the event so you can repurpose it after the fact so media can point to it on YouTube and on other places? So we're going to have a videographer that will actually record the rally. Um, signage will be included as part of this uh, along, you know, the, the actual protest signs. I asked, do you still walk with, pro they, most certainly there's protest signs. Who's going to be our rally caller and uh, lead us on chants and cheers? Uh, you know, it's, so there's, there's things that we'll have to learn as we go through the process. But, you know, those are all the, all the questions that we're asking. And Andrew kind of has a template that helps us walk through the different pieces and parts of it. So. Yeah. And uh, and for Clark, are there any masking requirements or anything in the Capitol that you're aware of in the uh, office buildings? There are not. Okay, thank you. Uh, from what I have been told, it's roughly 90% of people are unmasked. All right. And, and of course, you can still wear a mask if you so choose. But But I do think... Each of us, we have to be the tremendous promoters of this. You know, uh, our membership, uh, our advocacy steering committee asked for this. The board unanimously approved the rally. 
I, you know, all of us as leaders of ACB truly need to reach out there and get people energized, get them fired up. Let's try to get, you know, well over a hundred people to DC to be part of this rally. We're also working with women on the 20 um, and and uh, marshalling their troops as well. So. And I would just say, I, if I can add to that, Dan. Yeah, you know, Chris, you've been can, part of the rally team the whole yeah, time. Yes. We yeah. can get a lot of people, I think, uh, on the East Coast uh, in the, the corridor uh, from you know New York down to down to DC with the with the trains and whatnot that people could easily come down in the morning and participate in the rally and go back and uh, you know we, we should be easily able to get uh, more than a hundred people just from the East Coast I would think I hope so I I I think our goal should be to have a minimum of a hundred boy if we could get hundred and fifty or two hundred that would be just fantastic yeah. Um, other questions from the board? I know it's getting late, so, and we'll have more time to talk about this, but I just thought while we had us together, it'd be good for all of you all to, to, to kind of hear all the different pieces and parts, because there really is almost four different initiatives all coming together here over these two weekends. So thank you for all your support. And the next item, um, on the agenda is uh, any committee reports from officer, lia- uh, officer or board liaison. So is there anybody that would like to give a brief report on their committees? And we'll have an opportunity to do this as well, uh, you know, at the DC Leadership Conference uh, board meeting in March, so. I see no hands, Dan. Okay. Very good. All right. Well, at this point in time, I want to thank our ACB members and friends for joining us on ACB Media 6 for the board meeting. And at this point in time, we'll go ahead and uh, sign off and move into executive session.